I don't know what it is with cats and like, like you're giving me affection. Here, look at my butt. <laughs> Pause for a second. I gotta pee. Yeah, I have to shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the Drunken Fan Podcast, where uh, we don't dance. No, no dancing. It's like Footloose up in here. Um, Dude, I have a theory about how I met your mother. Oh, okay. It's going to bend some minds. We're going right into this. All right. Everybody knows we should have that podcast, too, but... Let's do it. They reference... Footloose. Footloose. John Lithgow plays the preacher... So they they even reference the yes, preacher. Yes, he goes he goes uh uh with when hit with him. Yes, right? he says it. So either in How I Met Your Mother, f- the preacher in Footloose is played by somebody else, or Uncle Jerry, mm-hmm. Jerome Whitaker, mm-hmm. is for some reason actually John Lithgow in Witness Protection. Mm. Okay. I mean, that would make sense. Like, why would why would a guy that would uh, that used to be heavy into drugs and rock and roll like why would he be some lame suburban dad now? Like, it, and he really is lame. He's yeah. like your typical lame dad that lives out in the suburbs, takes matching Christmas sweater pictures and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got to be covering up for something. This is what happens when we don't have any Mavs news. So let's go ahead. Well, welcome to the Drunken Fan Podcast. This is not a How I Met Your Mother podcast. But that that is the Mavs news. Is uh, John Lithgow was uh, actually playing John Lithgow? We uh, there there really is not going right into it. Um, there really is not any Mavs news this week. Uh, there's a bunch of mock draft stuff because that's coming up next month for the NBA. And uh, but that's that's really it. And there's. I, I I hate to speculate about stuff like that, so it, that's really the only news that we have on the Mavs. Luka Doncic is a god, and that's all I've got. You got anything? Speculator. All right, so moving on to the stars. <laughs> you hate me for that. No, it's I knew it was coming. <laughs> moving on to the stars, um, the big news this week was they got a deal done for Denis Gurionov. So in yes. nil we trust here uh, yes. on this podcast. So uh, let's we can talk about that deal real quick. Uh, it is a it's a two year deal, which is fine whenever it comes to Dennis Garyanov because he is still a really young player. It's yeah. not like he he had his breakout season this year, and his breakout season was his rookie season. Just because he did not <laughs> he didn't play enough last year in order to count. Uh, that year as, as his, his rookie actual year. rookie yeah, year. Yeah. So they signed him to a two-year deal worth $1.5 million with an average annual value of $2.55 million. So that's that's a solid deal for a player like that. And you don't have to worry about... if Okay, if he produces this next year like we hope that he will, like we knew... Like, we, like Jim Nill knew he would, because it's nice to see a first-round draft pick that Jim Nill had actually work out. Because Jim Nill might be 
one of the best general managers, if not the best general manager in the game right now. He's not a good drafter. He's not a good first round drafter. God dang, that's for sure. So, but it's nice to see that Dennis Garyanov, who was their first round draft pick in uh, the 2015 at 12th overall. So it's it's good to see something like that pan out, and hopefully all the rest that have followed since then. You know, Riley Tufty, Ty Delandria, Miro Haskinen, uh, and now um, uh, uh, Maverick um, Maverick Bork. 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 Yeah, Maverick Maverick Bjork is uh, Bork. Bork is the I, I know I hear I hear a name like that I hear Ray Bjork, and it's hard to it's hard to break that. So, uh, but yeah, Maverick Bork is uh, hopefully another one that will pan out, but. Bork. It's just so that's what I said. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just saying it funny. <laughs> Cause it's like that's the type of name you can't say, oh, Maverick Bork. You gotta be like Maverick Bork. Well, I know the Mavs are excited that they drafted that guy. Bork, Bork, Bork. <laughs> so so now it's nice to see it's nice to see that the team is kind of coming back together now. Uh, they still need to re-sign Hints, mm-hmm. which I still think that they will. There's enough money left over in order to make that happen. Uh, I don't. I don't see them having enough left over to really make a big name signing. They might sign, maybe like a depth forward. Uh, who I have no idea, and it'll probably be someone like Mark Pesic, who just was not on anyone's radar. Or maybe with with Mark Pesic, since he can play both sides of the. Uh, what what do you call it? He can play defense both, and both forward. sides of the blue line. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll go with we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um. But yeah, so maybe that this is enough. The thing that scares me though is that the Stars have practically minus Corey Perry and Matthias Yanmark, the Stars have practically stayed the same. Yeah. And that scares Everybody me. Everybody else has Every, gotten better. Everyone else has gotten better. Vegas got Petrangelo. Um uh, uh Minnesota has quietly made some strong moves. Yeah. Uh they let go of Devin Dubnik, which I think was I think that that was a good move for them because I think that they were just investing too much in that guy. He's he is a solid goaltender, but he was not going to take you too far. So now they're moving on from Devin Dubnik. Um and then uh uh St. Louis got Tory Krug. Yeah. So it's every And Shattenkirk, didn't they? And they No. I think Shattenkirk went back to Shattenkirk went somewhere. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You're I'm right. Sure yeah, I think to, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think you went to say so everyone else in the central has gotten better. You know who hasn't gotten better? Chicago. <laughs> and I love it because it's so fun to hear p- guys like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves complain about how because the org- the first thing that they were complaining about was how no one told them that they're in the middle of a rebuild. Even though you trade Brandon Sod and you trade uh, you trade Corey Crawford, like I don't know how you don't read the writings on the wall, but you've got players like them that are complaining because the organization never told them that they were rebuilding. So then they come out and they say, "Well, we're rebuilding now." And then you've got Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith, and then Chicago Blackhawks of old all coming out and complaining, saying this is not a way to handle the organization and we're always coming out to win and blah, blah, blah. If that was the case, Patrick Kane wouldn't have signed a fucking $90 million contract because he selfishly picked him, picked him his own financial gain over winning. And as soon as he signed that contract, did he earn it? Of course he did. I mean, you don't win that many cups in a row. Not in a row, but you don't, you win three yeah. cups over the span of five years. Yeah. You've earned some money. But yeah. you, you had the choice. You had the option of picking 
winning more cups or making your making your money. Mm-hmm. And you chose to make your money, and that's fine. But don't don't complain. Don't complain whenever it's like, well, no one's gonna fucking take your contract. Yeah. So if you wanted to win, we can't trade you. And his contract goes through the 22-23 season. So it's not like that it's he's gonna be a UFA at the end of this year and can go sign with someone. Right. I, like he's stuck in Chicago for the next three years. Yeah. And it I, I'm sorry, man. Like you <clears throat> you and now it's like all these Blackhawk fans that are coming out just saying, like, how dare you? Yeah, we we don't lose. We're the Blackhawks. Well, actually, even Blackhawks have to rebuild. I'm telling you, as soon as like whenever the Blackhawks were really that bad, their attendance levels were the worst in the National Hockey League. This was not that long before they even won their first cup. This was like in 2008. People didn't want to see Blackhawks on ice. Nobody. You can tell Mal's a new hockey fan. No one has ever made that joke ever. And uh, what joke? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like like all these players and all these fans that that really just have no idea what it's like to be a part of a rebuilding team and know what it's like to go through struggles i guarantee you vegas is going to go through this in about four or five years but see at least vegas fans have an excuse like they 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 never had a hockey team that they had to like go through growing pains with and stuff like that. Chicago, right. you've been around since you were one of the original six teams. It's not like this team came out of nowhere. They were really, really bad for a long time. And they were so bad that they were talking about moving the franchise. An original six team being relocated because nobody was going to the games. Then they win in 2010, and now it's like, oh, well, every game is a home game for the Blackhawks because their fans are fucking everywhere. It doesn't matter where they go, it's whether it's Dallas or San Jose or Vancouver. They, uh, You see Blackhawks you everywhere. See, you see Blackhawk fans all over the place. No more. I'm done. No more. Uh, but you see Blackhawk fans all over the place because they were good and they were winning and they they really were that great. And Patrick Kane, he still is that great. And he could go somewhere and instantly make that team a Stanley Cup contender regardless of wherever it is. But, but yeah, he, he decided to choose money over winning. And it's like you want to be compared to guys like Tom Brady and the other guys that are like consistently in the championship for Fuck, decades, decades now with Tom Brady. You look at it and you're like, well, how did he do that? It's because he took pay cuts. He took pay cuts. Dirk. Dirk took pay cuts. Took a pay cut. Yeah, got a ring. Got a ring because of it. And it's like, and and see, but Dirk was fighting for that first ring. Right. Patrick Kane doesn't have anything to prove to anyone. So, uh, but I just don't understand the complaining. (laughs) Like, how can you not see, how could you not see that this was, this was where the team was heading? They've got no money. Because because you are, we were looking before we started recording, this next year, Patrick Kane's entire salary, and including the bonuses that he is guaranteed, is, uh, it's it's almost 15% of the team's cap space. Yeah. That's ridiculous. For one player, it's like, it's 14.15% of the team's cap space this next year. That's absolutely insane for one player. Between between him and Taves, what is it? I I don't know. I haven't looked at Taves' contract, but I know I know it's up there. You got to know it's it's yeah. it's it's very similar because Taves is the captain. If you're but it, it, even if it wasn't like up there similarly, like even if his is only five percent, which is still crazy, that's still between two players. You've got twenty percent of your cap space. That's just it, like you. 
you can't not expect to have to rebuild. At that point, actually, when you're signing those contracts, you have to expect that you are taking that organization and driving it into the ground because you can't spend 20% of your cap space on two players. It's just not sustainable. So you're going to be filled with guys that are either on league minimum contracts or rookie contracts, and you never know what you're going to get with rookie guys, and you know exactly what you're going to get with league minimum guys. It's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous to complain about this because you literally set this up. You literally set it up to where this is the game now, and you're complaining about it, saying, oh, well, nobody told us that we were in a rebuild. But, dude, like you're the one who put them in a rebuild. You're the one who put them there. 14.15% for Taze as well. Jesus. He's actually making more next year than Patrick Kane. Patrick so, Kane's making $4 million. Almost Taze 30, is five. Almost 30% of their cap space. Yeah, is for two players. Wow. And, and you want to be surprised that you have to trade Corey Crawford and Brandon Saad and sign players like Matthias Yanmark, who is a great penalty, penalty killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's it. You need to bring in players that are going to bring up points, and they're not going to. And the only people that are going to be, I guarantee you, more than thirty percent of the point totals of the Chicago Blackhawks next seasons are going to come from either eighty-eight or um. Oh, dude, I knew I was going to do this. I can't remember Taves' number, or I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember Taves' number. Uh. But anyway, it's going to come from Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves. And so it's like you're and, and you're sitting here it's surprised because they, because that this is happening. And it's because they can't afford to sign other guys. Uh, and you know what? And that's fine. That's <clears throat> yeah, fine. That's, like if you want to yeah. make your money, then that's fine because you have nothing left to prove. You have done everything. I would go as so far to say that Patrick Kane has surpassed Mike Madonna as the greatest American born hockey player. You just look at him. Mike Madonna's career, like especially whenever he left and went to Detroit, yeah. his career numbers just dropped hard i wouldn't say hard but he was not mike madonna and seeing father time of course is undefeated so but patrick kane just seems like to be the ageless one the dude is still playing at an elite level and i'll the goal that he scored against vegas in the opening round on robin leonard who was a former teammate of his earlier in that year but he scored on him and as he was skating around to celebrate he's he's spinning his finger in the air and like he drops down to his knee like that's your 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 typical patrick kane goalie celebration but he's spinning his finger up in the air and you can tell that the guy is still having fun playing the game he is just He's just like a little kid out there, and he can still do it just as great as anyone else. So I think that Patrick Kane has earned some money. But if you want to make the money, you're going to sacrifice the wins. And it's ridiculous that we're having to sit here and have this conversation because, to me, that's as commonsensical as anything whenever it comes to sports. And and, and yeah. these guys are yeah. just sitting there bitching and moaning and crying about not winning, but yet they're stacking their bank accounts, and what, they're, they're sitting there like, why can't we afford these players? Because all the money's going to you. Yeah. So I, I like I don't know what else to say. <clears throat> it just it just drives me nuts. You knew this was coming, and even whenever they both signed those deals, you knew that this shit was coming. And like, it's, I'm surprised it took this long. Well, seeing it's so funny too because if you look at Patrick Kane's and Jonathan Taves' contract, they are the inverse of each other. Patrick Kane got all of his money early in the contract. And Jonathan Taves is now getting all of his money late in the contract because they both signed eight year deals together. They both got the deals done at the same time. Aim for the bushes. And <laughs> there goes my hero. <laughs> there wasn't even an awning or anything. Like it, they, they, they just jumped. 
So, I mean, it's just... Uh, that's that's all I have to say about that. It's fun to see the Blackhawks struggle, and I hope that they struggle for a long time. And then all that red that was all peppered throughout all the home uh, the away games turns into victory green. It's gonna. It's, yeah, I know. I'm telling you, it's coming, baby, and I will love it. But yeah, Blackhawks, you're getting you're getting what you deserve. Sh- shame on me for complaining about all the bandwagon fans when uh, when da- when the Rangers made it to the World Series two years in a row. Shame on me for that. I was complaining because I was like, oh, I've been a fan, you know, for years because they've sucked and blah, blah, blah. I've earned watching this. Dude, shame on me, man. Now now I'm like, dude, you guys watch the Rangers? They're like, no, we're Astros fans now. Like, shut, now. Oh, shut the fuck up. So it's just, it, it's fun to see the the train wreck that is the Chicago Blackhawks organization. And you know what? The organization is handling this so well. They really are. And it just it's a shame that... Kane and Taves have to be this way. So, but yeah. I think I think we've beaten that enough into the ground. It's just, yeah, it's just the star. The stars are the same. Everyone else has changed. So, that is that's the the problem is is that the getting back to the Dallas Stars. It's not you. It's me. It's you're giving me the it's not you. It's me routine. I invented it's not you. It's me. If it's anything, it's me. All right, it's you. You're damn right it is. <laughs> going back to uh going back to the stars the the thing that it's not the defense obviously that's the issue here it's the offense because the offense you want to talk about how because Dennis Garionov was the only 20 goal scorer which is very unusual with teams that are elite yeah and make it to the Stanley Cup especially that make that deep of a Stanley Cup run they showed glimpses of how they can change things with yeah. Rick Bonus's stamp which he got his deal. I don't remember if we covered that or not. So Rick Bonus is back. He is no longer the interim head coach. He is the head coach. And so I think that Rick Bonus can maybe change something. So we'll have to see what happens. But the Stars mm-hmm. were second worst in the league whenever it comes to goals four per game. Second worst. So I it's I, I don't just, know if they, I don't know if it was the system that they had or if it was the players. But one thing that did show us uh, th- one thing that was shown to us throughout the playoffs is that they can score goals. Yeah, the team scored goals the way that we always knew that they would or th- that we always assumed that they, they would. Could. They could. Yes. Yes. Th- yeah. Uh, in the playoffs. OK, let's try this again. In the playoffs, they scored the amount of goals that we thought that they would score during the regular season. Yeah, okay. That's worded better. So here's hoping that they can take that and run with it. Uh, no Corey Perry, no Matias Yanmark. But if you can get all your other centerpieces back, uh, who knows what will happen, and it, it'll all just be about the drop of the puck for the ne- for next season, and we'll see. It's going to be a fun ride because uh, my brother-in-law, here's the first JR reference of the of the podcast. We love you, JR. My brother-in-law sent me a picture of all the starting goalies in each uh, for each team, okay. and it broke it down by division. And okay. he he asked me who I think was who I think has the best goalies. And if you look at it, it's the central. If you look at it, it, far and above is the central. I think that there's a lot of people that would make different arguments, but... Oh, so he asked you which division had the best goalies. Yes, what did I... I, thought, I the way that you worded it, I think, 
uh, it sounded to me that you were asking, or he asked which team had the best goalies. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Which which collective group of gotcha. goalies yeah. is the best in the NHL? Gotcha. And I I think that if you break it down and you really look at it, it's the central. See, look, look listen, to, listen to these goalies that are in the central. This is, this is insane. So you've got Malcolm Subban in Chicago. Eh. Rebuilding. Rebuilding. Philip Grubauer in Colorado, of course. Evil Grubes. <laughs> Evil Grubes. <laughs> I love that. Is that is that you? I think I might have seen it on Twitter. I don't know. Oh, remember. okay. I was about to say, if that's you, that's good. You need to tweet that, Adam. Uh, Cam Talbot now in Minnesota. I'm telling you, Cam Talbot can be shaky, but he is not shaky, but he can be leaky. He can be, I wouldn't even say leaky. He's very. Um, you like he leaky? He he's he's wishy washy. Like you just never know which Cam Talbot is going to show up. Uh, but Cam Talbot, I think, is an improvement over Devin Dubnik. It sounds like you're saying Talbot. Cam Talbot, Talbot. I. Uh, then you've got <laughs> Uzi Soros in Nashville, Ugh. who gives the the stars all the trouble that he can fucking give Dude, them. Has he given given Has he given yes. up a goal to the stars? Yes, he, yes, he has because he he was the backup to Pecorine poof for so long. <laughs> and see, from now on, I'm not even gonna say poof anymore. It's just if someone just disappears, I'm just gonna call it they Pecorine. Um, here's hoping that Pecorine or that Anton Hudobin does not Pecorine. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> But uh, also, here's hoping that Pecorine hears this podcast and thinks, did you just use my name as shorthand for disappearing? <laughs> <laughs> here's hoping one day. Uh, yes. Jordan Bennington in St. Louis, uh, who I don't that needs no further breakdown. Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg, who just won the Vesna, and then Ben Bishop in Dallas, on top of Anton Hudobin as his backup. It does not get any more elite than that. I would probably venture to say that the Pacific would be second best. But I'm telling you, the Central Division right now is the division to watch. This is going to be a hard division. Yeah. It's not going to be as simple as it was even just last year. Like yeah. the, the Central Division as a whole, even Minnesota got better this offseason. <clears throat> and that's saying something. So, Seems like the only team in the Central that got worse was Chicago. Yeah, but that, that was to be expected. Right. Everyone else made the moves that they needed to make in order to... You know who really... It would have been, been hard for Trashville to get worse. But. This, oh, dude. It's... It, I know, I know, and they're they're stuck with they're stuck with so many contracts. But they did get Ryan Ellis, and the Stars should have drafted him whenever they had the chance. But anyway, anyway that's neither say? here nor there. Um, Something about fur, fur trapping. trapping. <laughs> I don't remember, but it's it's fine. Like this is oh 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 oh. This isn't a hockey podcast, and I get that. But I'm telling you, the team to watch next year, Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo Buffalo is that team to watch. Did I say it weird? No. Oh, oh okay. Uh, you ready for some knowledge? Go ahead. Pretty girls are not from Buffalo. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that joke is not aged well. No, it hasn't. Uh, but Buffalo getting Taylor Hall in that one-year deal, that's huge for them because now it's going to they, – they, they've had very good draft cl classes with, uh, with Darlene. And he's just as elite as a defender as Kel McCarr or Miro Haskinen. He just doesn't get the credit that he like Haskinen got is finally getting recognized because of the playoff run. <clears throat> yeah. And it's the same thing with Darlene. He is a rookie who was drafted uh, not that long ago at the at the 2018 draft in Dallas. <clears throat> 
Yeah. And he is slowly but surely becoming an elite defender that's under the radar. But now they've got Mark Stahl and they've got uh uh and they've got uh Jack Eichel. Oh who yeah. Constantly he is the Connor McDavid of the East. Like he just is, because it's just such a shame because that guy is living and breathing and dying buffalo he is not fucking going anywhere and he wants them to build around him and his patience is paying off now so keep an eye out for buffalo because they are they are going to be that good and who knows if taylor hall has the success that i think that he will up there i think that he'll stay but i think that this deal that he signed with buffalo for that one year eight million dollars it's setting him up to go to seattle yeah I, I'm telling you, that's and and just like I said, I said that Braden Holtby and Taylor Hall should have gone to the same team. They both should have signed one year deals, and then they both could have gone to Seattle together without them even wasting a pick. That um, Braden Holtby did kind of do something like that. He went to Vancouver, Vancouver, and he Vancouver. he signed a he signed a two year deal. But he does not have a no movement clause. Uh, so what that means is, is he's going, he's to, Seattle. going to Seattle. <clears throat> so they kind of did what I thought that they would do. They just didn't go to the same team. Yeah. So it's it, the Seattle team's gonna be great. It's gonna be really, really great. It's gonna and that that rivalry between Seattle and Vegas is gonna be awesome. Uh, the Central Division is picking up with like it, somehow the Central Division got better, which is just I, I like it's just hard to even imagine that, but it did. And so it's I'm telling you, this is gonna be the year to watch for hockey. It's gonna be so much fun. I <clears throat> do. I'm excited. It's I miss so much fun. I miss hockey. Watching watching the NFL. I'm like, dude, this ain't hockey, man. I know. I'm That's, telling you, I, you caught the fever, dude. Yeah, yeah, like it's, yeah. So, uh, my sister just texted me that my youngest nephew, who's uh, just turned two, won't stop saying, oh shit. <laughs> He's definitely your brother-in-law's yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's that's all I really have to say on the stars. It's just, it, like, even in the offseason, it's exciting. Yeah. It's, so, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. You got anything else? I don't think we're going to see any more like big splashes. All the big name free agents are gone. I I, I do know. I do want to give a shout out, though, to uh, Martin Hansel. I know that I was talking shit about him, but four years ago, he did choose Dallas over any other team because he knew that this team, excuse me, was good enough to make noise. And I, I honestly believe that if he was healthy enough, because he is a big, big center, like, yeah. like in size, not just and he played forever I, like he it's had like, like 14 years something. something like that like he played forever so even though it didn't pan out in dallas it, it like it is he did show a lot of promise <clears throat> and not promise but he did have a lot of confidence in this team mm -hmm. whenever quite frankly no one else really did Martin, like all the other free agents four years ago were going everywhere else that was the same year i believe leave it was either that year or the year after with the jonathan Tavares debacle uh, like that that whole thing um but martin hansel chose dallas over most other free agents because he saw the team that was building here so i got to give him credit um and he retired I, I do i forgot to mention that in the in the beginning so yeah the way the way you went on like that it sounded like he died no he didn't die he 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 definitely retired and it was a great career for uh someone like that who really didn't i wouldn't say he had 
a Hall of Fame-worthy career. I don't think that he is a Hall of Famer, but he is going to be considered for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was just it's just such a shame that his career had to end the way that it did. But uh, Martin Hansel had 127 goals, 338, uh, and 127 goals, 338 total points in 630, 673 career contests. So played most of the time with uh, with Arizona, but good for good for him, and hopefully he enjoys his retirement. I but, mean, averaging a point every other game—that's I know that's huge. That's, that's huge. Big. But as a center. Yeah, you, need, you need more than that. That's true. So, but but it's but still, like, congrats on him on a great career. Uh, hopefully, he enjoys his retirement. But the big one, and most Dallas Stars fans will know this name. But Trevor Daly retired. The announcement today was uh, the announcement was made today that uh, the sixteen the sixteen year defenseman has decided to hang it up. He played with Detroit the last three seasons, and my God, what a train wreck that was. So I don't blame him for wanting to hang it up. But he did win. He he left Dallas because he played the majority of his years here. And yeah. he was huge in that first series in 2012 against the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, uh, he, was, he was one of the main... Re- I'll never forget the time that... He took a penalty, and this was during that playoff series. He took a penalty and comes right out of the box, and someone hits him in stride, and he goes down, scores a breakaway on uh, on Frederick Anderson, and it was just it was, the the building just went nuts. It tied the game after they start that they were down to nothing. They tied the game. They ended up coming back and winning it. It was just such a great moment, and good for Trevor Daly. Um, but he decided to hang it up, and he did win two cups in Pittsburgh. Trevor Daly was a part of the deal that brought Patrick Sharp and uh, Stephen Johns to Dallas. So even in a trade, he still helped the Stars tremendously. Um, he's going to stay with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I don't blame him. You win your cups there, you're going to stay there. Yeah. But in total, uh, Trevor Daly had 309 points in 1,058 regulation games for a defender. That's really good. Yeah. And I, but I just hate that defenders still are judged by their points. Yeah. That's how the Norris Trophy is decided nowadays. It's like, it's like it's judging like, a pitcher by his batting average. Yeah, I know. And it doesn't make sense. You can't find any good defense unless you want to talk about like Corsi 4 or something like that. But those are those are metrics that are just way too deep because Corsi 4, it's broken down in like 5-on-5. Five five, but then you've got a Corsi 4 and 5-on-4. Five it's just it's such a pain in the ass. And that's the only way you can really hits tell defender yeah i mean it, stuff like that but even still like forwards are, I mean, just, are just because you're knocking people around doesn't mean you're actually good at hockey right right so it's it, that, that's the thing about being a defender is that there's so much more to your game it is, if you're, and it's very thankless it, yes of course it is it's it's they're, they're very much the offensive linemen of the nhl yeah so good for trevor daly i really hope you enjoy retirement we miss you here in dallas bud uh you were huge in the 15 16 dallas stars that won 50 games and was first in the Western Conference. So props to you, bud. Enjoy retirement. And uh, that's all I've got. You got anything else? No. All right. So let's move on to the soccer minute then. Soccer. I didn't watch. Uh, It's a good thing you didn't because, my goodness, they got destroyed by Nashville. They lost 3-0 that game. And it just... it just it just was not a good game to watch. You you were better off watching the World Series, and that was the game that was on FS1 too. And I did watch the World Series. So. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's 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 we watched the World Series. Oh yeah, you were here. Yeah, you remember? Yeah. 
And it just was, it was not, and, and see, I knew that it was not going to be worth watching because by the time we turned it on, it was already 2 nothing. But they did come back and they got a, uh, against Real Salt Lake, they got a nothing-nothing draw, which is underwhelming, but still it's okay because that still keeps them in a playoff spot with the home stretch of the season coming up here. They have four more games. All they have to do is be in the top eight. Because this year it's different, just because with COVID and everything. And in the Eastern Conference, in the MLS, fucking 10 teams are making it. And then they've got to play, uh, they got to do play-in games in the Eastern Conference. But in the Western Conference, it's just the top eight make it, first team gets a bye, and then uh, we'll we'll go from there. But this next week, they're playing uh, Houston Dynamo, which they, they have... They have Houston Dynamo's name. Uh, they they have their number this year, so here's hoping that they can continue that dominance. But then they also play uh, Miami on the 28th. So they play Miami on the 28th. Then they play Houston on the 31st. The uh, that Saturday game. I know it's Halloween. Everyone's like, "Well, we're out partying and doing stuff." It's in the afternoon. It's at 3:30 p.m. on a Saturday. So watch that game because it's it's the last game against the Houston Dynamo. The Dynamo probably aren't going to make the playoffs, so that's going to be a fun last little game for the rivalry. And then after that, they've got Nashville again, and then they've got Minnesota, and then that's it. <clears throat> so by the time next week's podcast is ready to roll, we're going to have Miami and Houston under our belt with the last two games left in the season, and we'll know where they stand. So these are huge games. So this week is really a week to watch, especially that Halloween game. You know they're going to have some fun with that. Yeah. So everyone watch FC Dallas. It's going to be it's going to be good stuff. This week was very underwhelming, but that happens if you're going to be playing multiple games as long as they're getting points, that's all that matters and they're still getting points. So you think they'll dress up like a football team for Halloween? Yeah, I'm sure because soccer is football. We talked about this last week. I know we did. It's the only it's the ball. No, ball. it's not ball ball. That's not how we're doing it. Ball ball. If that's the case, then that then every single sport that is ball is round needs to be ball ball. Okay, so baseball ball. Baseball ball. Basketball ball. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm good with that. All right, we're good with that. All right. We fixed sports, guys. You're welcome. We fixed it. So that's all I got for soccer minute. You gonna watch this week? World Series. <laughs> yeah, but it's not every one though. It's not. World. I mean, you've got. I mean, all games. All games right now are on Fox Sports South. Well, uh, okay. The Miami game is on Fox Sports Southwest. Houston Dynamo game is on WGN. So that should like as long as you have your basic cable, you I should don't know be. If I get WGN, you should you should be able to watch it. So please watch. Keep supporting this team because they're 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 getting set up to play. Uh, Minnesota in that first round, if it still holds true, that's still going to be the standings. And they've had Minnesota's number all year long. So they could be primed for a first round upset, and that's going to be huge. Yeah. So please watch. It's going to be great. That's all I got. Were you asking me to watch? or I'm asking whoever's listening, and you are listening. So please watch. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, Watch it, JR. <laughs> JR, please. <laughs> maybe Russell? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe right. Russell? I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard from him. Yeah, I know. I haven't heard from him. Yeah, I don't know. Corn dog. Corn dog. Corn dog.
We'll have to tell that story one day. <laughs> People we are will, like, we will, what? We, we will have to tell that story. Okay, so we play this game. We play this game <laughs> called. First of all, okay, let's let's talk about the story. Our buddy Russell goes to a restaurant one day. It's not even a restaurant. It's, it's like a Dairy a, Queen, wasn't it? I think it was. It was something like that. It was some fast food joint, <clears throat> and um, this one guy orders some food, and he's with his buddy, an older man. It's this, and uh, our buddy Russell is sitting off in the corner watching this unfold, and this. One of this old man is just upset with his meal. They messed up something. He's yelling at the person behind like, the it, counter. They messed it up like three or four yeah. times, and the other guy just had the corn dog. Yeah, and so and so Russell looks Russell looks over at the other guy, and the other guy makes con- eye contact with him, and he holds up his corn dog in the air, and he goes, "Can't fuck up a corn dog," and he takes a bite out of it. And so <laughs> anytime, now, now, anytime you you do like uh, you fuck up something, you shouldn't. It's a corn dog. We call it a corn dog. Yeah. So it's so Russell, if you're listening, <laughs> we still use that phrase, man. So thank you for bringing that into our lives, bud. Yeah. So all right. So moving on to the Rangers. Yeah. Speaking of corn dogs. Speaking of corn dogs, um, they they announced earlier this week that Doug Mathis is has been promoted to the pitching coach, who was the bullpen coach. Because that was so great for them. I mean, where else are they going to go? It's not like people are clamoring for the jobs of Rangers pitching coach. Ray Burris. It's not Ray Burris. Obviously, he was not fighting for it because... He probably didn't get a call. Just be honest. Well, I mean, do you think that he would even apply for it? Like, would he even... Apply? Well, you know what I mean. Like, do you think he would throw his hat into the ring and say, hey, I'm interested? I, I, it's been a while since I've talked to him. Yeah, I know. I, but so I'm just saying, know. like, like given the Rangers situation right now, I think that someone who has something to prove would rather a job like that. And I don't think I don't think your buddy Ray has anything to prove to anyone right now. Probably not. So I, I, I like I think that the choice I think that that was a good choice for them because now all the pitchers are aware of not aware, but they're, they already know this guy. So that, that should be a pretty smooth transition. I don't know who's taking over bullpen duties. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's written down somewhere. I have no idea though. But um, Mathis is only 37 too. Yeah. So he's a, he's a younger guy, and that's where a lot of people are heading right now. I mean, look at look at uh, the Arizona Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, look at the Rams with um, Sean McVay. Yes, Sean McVay. You know, like a lot of people are kind of going towards younger coaches. I know that the Arizona Coyotes tried to experiment with a younger GM, and that didn't that didn't work. And that general manager probably single handedly relocated the Coyotes. But then again, you know, John Daniels was super young when he got the. He still is super young right now. I know, I'm, I'm, yeah, but, he, but, but, but even the... but he was really young whenever he first was named. Yeah, like 15 years ago. <laughs> Well, and see, you also have to remember that the Rangers' bullpen did suffer a lot of injuries this year. That's true. So he, it wasn't even like he was working with his uh, with his top guys because, yeah. uh, according to this article here, the Rangers posted a 5.02 ERA in 2020 out of the uh, out of the bullpen, uh, which is the eighth highest in baseball. The entire staff, as a collective, had a 5.07. <laughs> So just a little bit worse ERA, and that was over the last two years, and that is the sixth highest in baseball. It's a hitter's park. I mean, if if anything, (laughs) you want to watch the World Series right now, and those teams are proving that the Rangers Park is still a hitter's park. 
You get the two best teams in baseball in that park, they're going to, of course, you get them in any park, they're going to be launching them. But not to this extent, especially early in the game. I mean, like the games have been ending like seven, six, which is which is unbelievably high for baseball games, especially World Series games. Not unbelievably, but it's high. It's high for World Series games. It's a little high, but it's not that high, especially considering the way that baseball is going right now. You know, the I mean, we've argued about this. But the the way the baseball is played right now, you have a lot of people that are emphasizing home runs and strikeouts over things that you traditionally valued, like batting average. So it would make sense that the run production would be up because the strategy is changing and uh, it's more risk, especially from a pitcher standpoint, to go for the strikeouts more often. <clears throat> and uh, it's it's risk versus reward. So, like, we could see a game... to. Tomorrow night could be one nothing, you know. Well, duh. But like that, but, that, that's, that, but that's, that's any that's but, any sport. But, but that's what I'm saying is it makes sense that the way that baseball is played now, you're gonna see higher scoring games between really good teams because it's risk versus reward. People are being more risky with the way that they're playing the games now. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a hitter's park. It just it just means that that's the way the game's going. Oh, well, they're just okay. Let me rephrase then. These two teams are showing whenever you get two teams that are legit good, great. Yeah, you could still on hit. that field. You you're still going to put up runs. You can still you're going to put up home yeah. runs too because the Rays are just hitting home runs like it's going out of business. A Rosarena has now he he broke the record for most home runs in a postseason, but he also broke the record for most hits in a postseason. Yeah, which is crazy. He had seven home runs over the course of the sixty game season. He's hit nine in the playoffs. Yeah crazy yeah super crazy anyway so and uh, here's one last thing uh because i know pitching is like super and you were a maddox guy right what do you mean did you like mike maddox uh i liked him more than doug brocale (laughs) mathis will be the rangers fourth pitching coach since mike maddox left after the 2015 season since mike maddox left the rangers organization they ranked 27th out of 30 MLB teams in ERA in the post Maddox era at 4.79. What were they before? I don't know. It, do, it doesn't say. It see, just, see it, I mean, without knowing what Maddox's numbers are, I don't know if that's like a huge drop, you know? <clears throat> well, or it doesn't. A huge, e- huge, you know, inflation. Well, really, it doesn't even matter because all that's moot because technically now the Rangers have two pitching coaches. They have yeah. co pitching coaches because. They, 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 the Rangers tweeted the other day. I don't have an article about this, but they they're going to have to learn to co-pitch. They tweeted four hours ago as of 8.52 on Monday, October 26th, uh, Doug Mathis and Brendan Segura, Segura, Segura have uh, been named co-pitching coaches. (laughs) Anything sounds Japanese if you say it like that. Smith, you know, uh, Tom Segura, sorry. So I I don't know how that's gonna look. I don't know how often that happens in the ma- in Major League Baseball, but I guess we're gonna have co pitching coaches here in Texas. I'm, I, I mean, I'm I've not never gonna heard say, of it. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it's never happened, but I've never heard of it. So, so who the hell knows know. how that's gonna look? And there's not <laughs> like I said, there's not even a, there's not even a, anything on here that says what that's gonna look like, how it's gonna look. Um, the only thing I have is just a tweet from the Rangers. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, 
Back in the day, they used to have player coaches. So I mean, oh, and oh, oh, I one one other thing that we can announce is that um, Joey Gallo, uh, Kiner Falefa, and I think that's it. Oh yeah, they were finalists. They, yeah, they're finalists for the Gold, the gold Glove. Glove. Gold yep. Glove finalists. Yep, Gold Glove finalist for. Um, Third base and third blade, third. My gosh, right, third right base and right field. Yeah. So, like, like good on Joey Gallo for being. Right. Obviously, we knew what Kiner Falefa could do mm-hmm. because he was. I I think that you could argue that he was always going to be Beltre's <clears throat> replacement, at least his immediate replacement. I know. That, I mean, when when you first brought Gallo up, he was a third baseman, and, right. and everybody figured he would be the replacement. Yeah, but but that but that didn't last long. Like that, that went to bed quick. Yeah, because because as soon as they started playing him in the outfield and they saw what a real cannon that guy's got, I think I think that the the pitch the pitching I think that the coaching staff like immediately saw that this guy's arm could have been is better equipped for the outfield and it's paying off. Yeah, because if he's being recognized not just as this power hitter, but he's also a finalist for a Gold Glove. Is he going to win it? Probably not. But um, I think that Kiner Falefa is the favorite. To win at third base, he was dude. He was good. Yeah, he was great. He was yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying that like, whoa, can you believe it? I'm just, I'm just sitting there saying that maybe it was whenever kind of Falefa started to kind of make noise down in AAA or whatever. They kind of looked at it and said, okay, well, let's put Gallo in the outfield and see if he can produce out there. Like, I don't know, and we'll never know. We'll never know how that worked. The only thing that we do know is that uh, as of right now, whenever it comes to third base and right field, the experiment worked. So far, yeah. So far, at least according to awards and 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 stuff like that. So good for good for those two guys, and hopefully there's going to be more in the future. So yeah, uh, I know you texted me the other day. Who did you say that you thought that the Rangers were going to make a move for? Uh, I don't remember. How do you forget what you texted me? You'll have to. This be is real small. This, this this is real solid small talk. Here. I text so many things. Yes, you do. I hold on. I gotta like scroll all the way back. Jacques Peterson. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that happening because. Well, the the Dodgers were like they've they even talked about it in the World Series in the game last night. The Dodgers were shopping him uh, because they shopping saw, him before like the to, trade deadline. Yeah, they were okay. going to trade him. They had a they had a deal with uh, the Angels lined up, and uh, apparently the Angels owner or vice president or whatever was like, "Nah, we're good." And now the Dodgers are like, "Thank you," because he's he's really helping. He's contributing, but let's be honest. Who are you going to take out of that infield to let Jock Peterson play every day? And he's good enough to play every day, so get something for him. Well, who you know? are you going to take out of the infield right now? Well, I, I guess that that would increase the competition, I guess. Because, I mean, I think that he could probably compete to get into the Rangers infield. Outfield. You said infield. I said outfield. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He plays outfield. So... See, so, that's what I thought. I swear to God you said infield. That doesn't matter. Well, he, I'll listen to it when I'm editing, and, I'll, <laughs> and I will lie to you and say... <laughs> You'll edit it out and be like, nope, I said outfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, either way. Because I thought he played the outfield, and you said infield. I was like, oh, maybe I'm just wrong then. But no, he... he, uh, he That'd be a solid replacement for Chew. Right? Dude. 
Right. That'd be great. It's, I guess it just, uh, do you know how much, uh, is he a he's, UFA? He's pr- uh, no, I don't think so. But uh, he's proving that he can play in that field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And see, that's another thing I was thinking about, too. We'll get back to Jacques Peterson in a second. But does this concern you that these two teams are playing a full series on this field? They're kind of learning the little ins and the outs of the field and how it plays and how the grass works and how the ball carries and all that stuff. So do you think that this is, whenever they play the range, uh, the do, whenever the Rangers play, the Devil or just the Rays, excuse me, the Rays and the Dodgers at home, do you think that they have now lost their home field advantage? You're talking about a team that lost almost 40 out of 60 games and worrying about if the field is going to keep them from competing with the two World Series teams. The field is going to be the least of their worries next season when playing these two teams because those teams are just really good. So I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think they would have had a home field advantage against those two teams anyway. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's just why I ask. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, sure. The, the, they'll, those teams will be more comfortable if they play here. Uh, oh, but, I'll be comfortable. <clears throat> but, I mean, I don't think it would. Uh, either way, I don't think it's going to be something that keeps the Rangers out of competing because I don't think they were going to be competing excuse me i don't think they're going to be competing anyway but i mean who knows who knows what happens in the offseason maybe they go get jock Pedersen or peterson well uh, but see but that, okay but that's my that's my question though let's just like for for the question's sake mm-hmm. hypothetically speaking let's say that the rangers everything stays the same let's say that the rangers are really good next year let's just say that everything clicks and this rangers team finds they get jock peterson and um they're like the pitching and, coaches end up working out and mm-hmm. just the, everything. It's a breakout season for them just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Same question. Like, do you like, do you think that they're figuring out the ins and the outs of the field that normally a t- most teams would not know because they would not be playing this many games in a row at that stadium? I mean, that's like saying Boston never has the home field advantage because so many players have played so many games at Fenway and they know how it works. Like just because you know how it works doesn't mean that's what you're comfortable in. So by the time they come back to the next season, yeah, they had this whole series to get used to the field and get comfortable and multiple series for the Dodgers, but next season they will have hopefully played back in front of their home, you know, back in their home field and gotten used to that and, and they'll be comfortable there I don't think it would be as much of a drop off, but it's still going to be a little bit of a home field advantage if everything else is even. Be a little bit of a home field advantage for the Rangers because that's where they're comfortable. Okay, because I've 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 been saying this whole time that in the NHL, I think that Edmonton and Toronto have lost their home ice advantage because one of the beautiful things about your home ice is that your boards are your boards, and you know where a puck is going to hit and you know how that puck is going to take a bounce off of those boards, whether or not you throw it in there. And if you hit it directly, is it going to come out in front of the net? Or if you, if you, you have to kind of angle it a little bit and that way it bounces around and comes out in front of that. Like I don't, most home teams know that about their boards. And that's why they say it's like you have a home board advantage. Mm -hmm. I think that Edmonton and Toronto have kind of lost that at least for now, just because so many teams and, and not just teams, Playoff teams. I think that I think they would have lost it 
like I think they'll lose it at the beginning. And I think if like if the Rangers played uh, the Dodgers or Tampa or the Braves even at home early in the season, then yes, you're right. But I think if it's later on in the season, the these other teams have gotten used to their home and they may I mean, they've learned those the the, the nooks and crannies of the field. But it, like I said, it's not where they're comfortable anymore. They had a whole playoffs bubble in uh, Edmonton and and uh, and uh, Toronto, Toronto to get comfortable in those boards. But I mean, you could make the argument that I mean, look look at what happened with Tampa and Dallas. Dallas didn't move; they were in Edmonton the whole time. But Tampa came in; they learned Toronto's boards, and they came in and they still won. Oh yeah, I know. I'm not saying okay, and I'm not I'm not sitting there saying that it's like oh well now the away team has the advantage. I'm just thinking, do you think that it's the the home team will have a little bit less of an advantage? I I always think because you you see them you see them sitting there before the game, they're trying to figure out how the grass works. So one of the infield coaches is sitting there with one of the other infielders, and he's just bouncing balls in front of him, and he's sitting there fielding it, just trying to figure out how the grass works. Yeah, like that's the whole reason why they're doing that is because they're not comfortable with it. Now they're going to be. Whether whether it's a big or a small advantage, these guys are going to be a lot more comfortable on that field just because of the history they have on it and the amount of time that they spend on it, more so than any other team has. So, and that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that instantly the away team is going to be the favorite in the game every time. But I just didn't know if if you thought as a baseball player, because as a hockey fan. I can see that and say, yeah, I think that Dallas will have a little bit more of an advantage whenever they go up to the Rogers Center in Edmonton to play the Oilers than any other team because they spent the most time on that ice outside of anyone that has ever played in an Oilers sweater. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that whether it's a big one or not, Dallas will have a little bit more of it, but they constantly played there. The round robin, the first, second, third round, and the Stanley Cup finals. Right. They played there for like they three played months. there forever. So I just didn't know how you saw it as a baseball player. I'm not, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate yeah, 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 here and yeah, just yeah. ask I, questions. I think I think the biggest <clears throat> the biggest element of any home field advantage uh, to me is not so much the field itself. The higher the quality of the fields that you're playing on, the the more that you know how certain how certain things play it's not going to be that that big of a uh, of a disadvantage it's not like back in the 90s when you had uh real grass and or and or astroturf like where it was like concrete and carpet where it's like okay in real grass the ball's going to move slower and if the, the grounds crew doesn't keep it up you might have some divots it might bounce weird and then on concrete it's or on on astroturf it's, it's like playing on concrete with most fields going to a hybrid of like field turf and dirt, which is what the Globe Life Field is. <clears throat> uh, that that actual advantage of how the field plays is lessened. I'm not gonna say it goes away, but it's lessened because you're more used to that type of thing anyway. I think the biggest advantage to any home field advantage is the fans, and if there are if it's packed out then then no i don't think the rangers lose that home field advantage against these teams but if it's if it's like you know there's no fans then yeah maybe 
Okay. I, and of course, like, yeah, maybe is just the only, like, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, maybe is the only possible accepted answer Yeah. to that question. I was just curious. Yeah, like what my thoughts would be. Yeah, yeah, just what, just how you saw it and how you think, because it just to me it seems like that they'd have more of an more of an advantage than any other team. So, I also spent most of my time pitching or playing first base, so <laughs> so you didn't really have to know the field too much. I mean, not not as uh, definitely not, yeah. not as a pitcher. You no, know the right. mound. Yeah. You know the mound. Yeah, that's about it. I know if I take a full stride on this mound, like my foot goes in that hole. <laughs> Okay. And and the other pitcher's like, haha, sucker, I learned to pitch on this thing. And I'm like, why is everybody here <laughs> stepping in the same spot? You know? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> do you have anything else to add for the Rangers? No. No. Okay. No. I never have anything else to add, man. Well, no, that's fine. Like you I, I, I'm just I'm just lamenting my bad podcasting skills. I don't think that's bad podcasting. I just, I just like to ask just in case, like, is there anything else that, cause I don't, obviously if I ask, do you have anything else to add? That's pretty much me saying I've got nothing else. I, before we move on, I want to make sure that there's not something else that maybe like a last little thing that you want to talk about. Like whenever I talked about Trevor Daly and Martin Hansel and stuff like that. So if you had anything else, I just wanted to give you the floor. It's not, it's not really related, but I, I, um, <laughs> this is bad podcasting. Go no, on. I mean it. It is. It is. It's Rangers related, but it's not on product uh, on the field product related. Um, if you don't follow Evan Grant on Twitter, you need to. He's a Rangers beat writer. He's sarcastic as all hell, and he's just really funny. He's a good follow if you like Rangers Twitter. But uh, he tweeted a picture from inside the stadium, and they've got a big mural about you know the big mural for uh, Nolan Ryan and his contributions to rangers history because let's be honest even though he only pitched for the rangers for like four or five years he's still the best pitcher in franchise history See, i'm telling you i i, I don't know if he this had, is just a bias had, thing but had, i i think of nolan ryan and i think most people think of nolan ryan as a ranger right but the people i mean i think so too he retired he retired as a ranger he's in the hall of fame as a ranger he was the only hall of famer with a rangers cap on until pudge yeah like johnny oates or was that after uh, Pudge? Uh, Rangers player. Rangers player. Okay. Because uh, I don't remember when Johnny Oates went in. But anyway. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail you. Go ahead. No, you're fine. He, he threw two no-hitters with the Rangers. He set, I mean, he obviously set the strikeout record with the Rangers. Only two out of seven. Two of his, yeah. Two, two of, of his seven. So, but two even of his still. Sev- two of his seven, yes, but. But even still, still like, I'm just, I'm just telling you. Like, they it's were just, in the same season. Nobody's ever done that before. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's done it since. It's just such a shame he never got a perfect game. Yeah. But, so, but, but what can he do? So anyway, there there was people that were like, I don't understand the Rangers uh, obsession with Nolan Ryan uh, because he didn't. You know, most people don't think of him as a Ranger. Most people, uh, you know, they he, he spent more time with the Astros and that's where he is now. Most people think of him as an Astro. I don't think so. I'm like, no, nah, no, he just did, he did all those things that I listed and he got popped in the face with a baseball, finished the inning with a bloody lip and he beat the shit out of Robin Ventura on the mound. So, yeah, he's a ranger. Like, yeah, I on. think so. I think most people, whenever you hear Nolan Ryan, most people, and see, and that's not usually the case with players. You know, like you hear Peyton Manning, you think of the Colts. Yeah. You you hear Martin Brodeur, you don't think of St. Louis. You think of New Jersey. You like, <laughs> like it's just. Yeah, I, I, would argue, I would argue that the only other team I would see somebody seeing Nolan Ryan as is a Met. 
But the only I think the only reason people don't see him as a Met is because he got overshadowed by Tom Seaver when he was there. Because he got drafted by the Mets. Yeah, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he, he spent his first, like, I don't know how many seasons. But he's Did he his, have any no-hitters with the Mets? I think he had one. One? I think. <laughs> That's so fucking insane. Yeah. How many like, no-hitters did he have with that like, team? I, I was like, I, I think it was <laughs> Well, one and see, and Nolan Ryan back then, he was the only guy hitting 100. Yeah, only guy. Yeah, and he did it. That that's the craziest thing. It's like the the person now people do it all the fucking time. Yeah, but the person on Twitter was like, "Oh, this like you know, seeing that Tom Brady, seeing Tom Brady as a as a buck." I'm like, well, if Tom Brady goes on to win three more Super Bowls with the Buccaneers, then and then retires as a Buccaneer, and oh, by the way, hadn't spent his entire career with the Patriots, but he had you know bounced around the league sure but you know like i don't know that's just my thing yeah it wasn't like nolan ryan was drafted by the astros <clears throat> spent 14 years with the astros and then finished his last five years of his careers with the rangers see but you're also just <laughs> he was drafted in the fucking 60s man he pitched for like 27 seasons you're hung up on a clown from the 60s man <laughs> i don't i don't remember if it was 26 uh, 26 or 27 seasons but it was mid 20s like and he was still throwing yeah, 100. 100. The only person, to, even still, he was the only person to do it. Like, it just, no one ever did it. Like, like you ask anyone that grew up in the 70s and the 80s, it's it's like, oh, yeah, well, this person, this person, this person. They all would throw 100. Like, no, yeah. it was Nolan Ryan. And, and this is my <laughs> my favorite thing is when people point out that he never had a, a no-hitter. Or, sorry, he never had a perfect game. It's like, yeah, but look at his no-hitters. Like, most of the time, it's because he hit somebody. <laughs> it's most yeah, of the he time, it's because he hit somebody with the ball. And if you like, I I read his uh, his uh, book that he wrote on pitching uh, when I was growing up and learning how to pitch. And like in the in the first chapter, I believe he says it's never a bad thing to throw a couple balls to the backstop while you're warming up. You know, because and especially in that first inning, not a bad thing to hit somebody. Because that sets the tone right away. That is my batter's box. You're renting that space. Don't get comfortable. I want you to hit the fucking bull. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. They got that from Nolan Ryan. Trust me. Yes. Dude, I don't even know where it's coming. Yeah. yeah, I swear to God. I don't know where it's going to go. And he looks at him and he goes, (laughs) like he laughs like that on the mound. (laughs) La la louche. La la louche. La la louche. God, what a great movie. Uh, uh, I love that movie. Oh, man, that movie's so good. So so anyway, that's that's all I have to add is uh, you know, saying that most people view Nolan Ryan as not a Ranger and that Rangers fans are obsessed with, with him. It just very relevant. Grow up. So grow what, up. What, what? just one last time, what was the guy's name that you said to go follow on Twitter? Evan Grant. Evan Grant. Yes. Do we have to talk about the Cowboys this week? Can we just... Nope. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Can we just what? Okay, okay. First of all, let's let's go ahead. I want to humor you, and I want to hear what your suggestion was first. If, if, if I deem it worthy, then we'll talk about that instead. I was going to say, can we just, you know, not... <laughs> worthy. All right, we're done. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. No, we're done. 
for good. Oh, forever? forever. That's how bad the Cowboys were on Sunday. It's yes. just they have caused us to quit podcasting. I yes. did you hear that collective cheer? Some people, some people are happy about that, I guess. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why it's over here. <laughs> the best part is nobody else can see no that. No one knows what I just did there. This is solid podcasting. What he did was he took his finger and he stuck it in his butt. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been doing that this whole episode. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Just just as long as we're being clear here. And that's exactly what the Washington fucking football team did to the Cowboys. They just t- they didn't take their finger and put it up their butt. The whole foot. They they were they were fucking not just the big they were, toe. They were wrist deep. Not just the big toe. The oh, whole, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, the foot. Yeah, the okay. Whole foot. They they were knee deep. So, mm. let's go ahead and watching that game because I I was at work whenever it was happening, but I didn't once again Jerry Jones, I couldn't get it. Yeah, I know. Here, so. It's so hard living in Tennessee, but but I was watching the highlights if you can call them that. Yeah, and see, here's the thing. I don't think it would have mattered if Dak Prescott was starting that game. Just because that team The defense looks so That bad. team gave up. And and you can make the argument and say that it's not even just the defense. But that team gave up. And you can you can you can make the argument that it's because Dak Prescott wasn't there that they gave up. But here's a tangent again. Some unnamed, anonymous, spineless, cowardly player for the Cowboys decided to go to the media and talk about how Mike McCarthy and his coaching staff have no idea what they're doing. To that I would say. Who the fuck are you? Mike McCarthy has won playoff games. Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl. You think I'm wearing this hat by accident tonight? That nobody can see? I'm just, I, oh, you can see it though. I'm wearing my Packers Super Bowl hat that Mike McCarthy wore on your field after he won a Super Bowl. And, and he's also got a penis so small that Cameron can talk with it in his mouth. I, dude, I'm not trying to stroke off Mike McCarthy here, but you know what? They're, they're forcing me to do it because, first of all, if you had any fucking balls, you would put your name behind your words. You wouldn't go crying to the media and say, don't use my name because I don't want to get in trouble. So, first of all, you're spineless. I disagree. I'm telling you, you see, but you need to deal with that in house first of all. Like this is just this is just ridiculous but, that. But we don't know if they have. We don't know if they've tried. I have no idea either. But still, that's one of those things you don't so to take say, that to, to the media. To say as soon as you hear it, oh well, no, you need to deal with this in house. Maybe they've tried and nothing's happening, and they're like, you know what, fine. Well, but see, how do you know that they did? I know. I'm just saying we don't know, so we can't say we can't say that they haven't been doing that it's, because we don't know. And see, it would be completely different. I honestly think it would be completely different if some, if whatever player said this put their name behind their words. Kind of like when uh, when Mike Leach got fired, and my buddy from high school who played was playing for Texas Tech at the time was like, yeah, he was a cancer, he had to go, and he put his name on it. Yeah, yeah. Are you saying that that was a mistake? No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm saying he put his name on it. I mean, I, I Mike think if Leach you, getting fired. I think if though, you talk to bullshit. him, I think if you talk to him now, he'd change his tune. But he did not like Mike. Dude, Leach. Mike Leach. Mike Leach getting fired at Texas Tech was bullshit, and it was because some 
some college football anyway. analyst's son. Anyway, anyway, not the not the point. not the point. I'm just saying, like, so if it was a situation like that, you would respect it. Yeah, I think so too, and I think that we would have more to discuss here. Being like, oh, okay, well, this person, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. But this person says that he doesn't know what he's doing. But the fact that they kept their name out of it means means that they don't really truly want to stand behind what they're saying because whether or not like they're going to be whether or not that they fear that they're going to lose their job or whatever it does not fucking matter because the like if you really want to stand up for what you believe I, you're the mm-hmm. only way the only way what I, I disagree because jerry jones is a vindictive motherfucker and you know if you stand up for what you believe and it goes against what jerry jones has in his head you're going to probably not get a job in the NFL anymore. Like he can blackball people. He's done it before. And like, I don't, I don't have a problem Where? with somebody. When is he, when has he done it before? Give me, give me one name. You know, he fired Jimmy Johnson and he didn't get a job in the NFL for like another five years after winning Super Bowls. So I'm just saying, given Jerry Jones's history, I don't have a problem with somebody saying like, no, I'd rather you not keep my, like, I'd rather you not have my name in this because the owner might come out and just fucking let me go. Well, you know what? If you play on this Cowboys defense, you're not going to get a job in the NFL regardless because you are that bad. Fair. So I I don't know. I don't know about that. I think, I think Randy Gregory, uh, Jalen Smith and Vander Esch could get jobs elsewhere. So I'm I'm not gonna say no no Cowboys player no Cowboys defensive player. But see, but those are those else. are captains of the team. You don't know, want your captain. You, you said, don't want your ca- if your captain is gonna stand up for your defense. You don't want your captain to not put your name behind it because then that means that he's not a I'm real not, captain. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that they're the ones saying it. I'm saying that you said, you know, no Odds cow- are, no 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 Cowboys defensive player could get a job anywhere else, and those three definitely could. I think that any Cowboys player that would not put their name behind a statement as damning as that one, especially going into a game that should have been a walk in the park. All you had to do was go into this game, do your fucking job, and then all this bullshit stops. But you, you like, does that surprise you that this team goes out and shits the bed <clears throat> after all of that? After everything that, instead of having to prepare for Washington, now Mike McCarthy has to play. PR and clear his name and say, well, here's what we're doing. We, we try and deal with things in-house. I don't know why a player would say this and blah, blah, blah. Mike McCarthy went on so many talk shows to try and clear his name because Mike McCarthy is going to be the kind of guy, whether you love him or hate him, Mike McCarthy is going to be one of those guys that's going to step up and say, here is he, like, yeah, I'm going to own up to this. These are my words. I'm the head coach. I'm the leader of this team. <clears throat> and I'm going I'm going to get up there and I'm going to put my face out there and I'm going to put my name behind whatever it is that I'm going to say. Instead of having to prepare for Washington, now I've got to go out and do all this bullshit and you want to know why that defense is in such disarray. <laughs> Mike McCarthy has never been a defense first coach. He never has been. Whenever you hire him, this is the kind of coach that you're going to get. I was saying this at the very beginning of this podcast. That does not mean that the man does not know what he's doing. It means that the guy is working with what he has, which is a shitty defense, which is a very shitty defense, not even below average. And yet some player 
whoever it is, is all butthurt because the national media is talking shit about them, how they're the second worst defense in the league and how they're full of holes and how they can't stop anyone and how the offense has to come in and save the day and you can't win championships with this defense, et cetera, et cetera. I think some player is butthurt and rather than go out and shut up the media, he's going to come and go to the media and point his finger and say, it's not my fault, it's his fault. It's his fault. Don't use my name, though. Don't use my name because I don't. I don't want to be blamed for this. But that's making a lot of assumptions about a who the player is and what. That's type all. Of person they, that's they all are. they've left and, us with uh, is assumptions. No. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, no, then, no, no. then how? Then, 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 <clears throat> then, then tell me how. What facts do you know that can put all this to rest? No, that's what I'm saying. Is neither one of us know any facts. So either way is going to be an assumption. Of course, and this is my assumption. But what I'm. What I'm saying is the thing that we could do is say, "Hey, I'm not going to make any assumptions. I'm going. The assumption that I'm going to make is that there's more going on here than just, you know, what we're being told. Maybe they're having these conversations. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I can't speculate. I can't say, oh, this player's just getting butt hurt and he doesn't want to put his name behind it because he's spineless. Blah blah blah." Who knows? I don't. I'm not in that locker room, so I don't know what's going on in there. I can't say that they weren't prepared. I don't know. They didn't look it, but clearly I they don't, weren't. But I don't know. I'm, what I'm saying, okay. a one in five okay. team kicks the shit out of you. <clears throat> it was like thirty-three to three. When at I one say point. when I say they, I mean the coaches. I can't say that the coaches weren't prepared because I don't know. I'm not in that locker room. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Is you're making assumptions. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying you're making assumptions. Oh, but see, but here's the only assumption that I have. Here's the only thing that I can think of is what happened. Some reporter comes to a defensive player, and it obviously is well, no, not obviously, not obviously, but a reporter goes to a defensive player and asks them a question about why the defense is so spotty. Probably super professional, but a question that this defensive player has probably had to answer. All season long. And it's not even halfway through yet. And I think that the player had a moment where it like it was whenever the Packers were undefeated uh, going uh, the year after that they won the Super Bowl. And, you know, all season long, they were they were asking they were answering those questions and they were doing the generic cookie cutter answer saying like, well, we're just taking it one game at a time and we're not focusing on the undefeated record. It's all about the blah, 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 blah. But there was one player. Mm-hmm. anonymous we don't know who it was but one player got tired of answering those questions and blew up on them and there were this was a report from the Packers locker room that said that some player just out of nowhere just went of course we're thinking about it are you nuts like yeah and like that's like the gotcha media that they want mm-hmm. that's the gotcha media that's trying to do this and of course some player is probably tired of answering those questions and I get why. I'd be embarrassed, too, if I was on this defense. But I'm not going to point fingers at anyone else but me. I'm not going to do that just because, I, like, I, like it's just yeah. not how, it's just not how I'm, I'm wired. Like, I'm in not, the end. I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with the statement. All I'm saying is I can see why they wouldn't want their name on it. I can see why, given this owner and his history and how he is, 
I could see why they wouldn't want their name on it. Shit, two years ago, he said if you kneel for the anthem, you're done, no matter who you are. Yeah, but then Jerry Jones changed his story and knelt with the players. Yes, but nobody called his bluff on that shit because they knew he wasn't bluffing. He changed his mind, yes. The players didn't change his mind. And anybody, if, if this scenario is true, where somebody just was like, man, I don't know, it's not me, like, they're whatever, it's... There, I've never been to a, been coached this poorly in my life. And then the 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 reporter was like, "Do you want to put your name on that?" And they were like, "No, no, I don't want my name on that." You know what I mean? I can I can understand that, and I don't think that's spineless. I think that's just understanding the dynamics of who Jerry Jones is as an owner. He's not going to put up with that shit. Hence why the Dallas Cowboys will never be successful again as long as Jerry Jones is at the helm. Yeah, I agree. And 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 you want to you want to talk about some you want to talk about some shit here? Like it's this is this is what a market like this does to a team. To it's any the, player. It's the, it's the same thing with uh the Yankees and baseball. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the Maple Leafs in uh in hockey. Uh, you could argue, uh, you could argue the Lakers in basketball, but they ended up winning. So I mean, I guess there is hope, but still, like it's just like if you go anywhere else and play football outside of Dallas, is there going to be pressure? Yes, of course there but the, is. The, the, the Dallas is like the Yankees of the eighties. Dallas right now is like the Yankees of the eighties. It's like okay, cool, cool. You you were really really good for a while. You're not now, and you haven't been very good for a while, and you've had a playoff drought. It was the same thing with the Yankees in the 80s. They hadn't won World Series. They they had a pretty big drought. I think their their longest drought was in the 80s. It was only 11 years. Jesus Christ, that's some dominance there. But they... The the 80s and early 90s, they were they were not up to Yankees standards. And I think that's where the Cowboys are right now, because that's when the media was such a circus in New York. It was everything. I mean, look at what happened with the with the uh, Reggie Jackson. And I'm drawing a blank on the on the manager's name. It was Billy something. Uh, Billy Martin. It was Billy Martin, yeah. Billy look, Martin. Look at what happened in that situation. Granted, that was the late seventies. No, but, I know, but, but, see, but still, I'm I'm saying I think it's I think it's similar. When you don't have that success, that's when it becomes such an issue in places like Dallas, where it's not an issue right now with the Lakers because they did have that success. Well, no, I know, and that, but see, but I'm just saying, like the media is going to take anything, whether however the guy says it mm-hmm. and whatever, they're going to take it and they're going to blow it up and they're going to make it this big deal. Just for the simple fact so, that it is the Dallas Cowboys. Right. So so if you're the player and you make that statement and you know it's going to be taken out of context or blown up or said, emphasized ways that you didn't emphasize it, are you going to put your name on it with Jerry Jones as the owner? Well, then no, come out. Then not. come out. Well, okay. Well, here's the thing then. If they're going to blow it out of proportion, then come out and say, this is not how the conversation went. No player has come out and said that. So whatever the reporter reported was exactly what was said. And Mike McCarthy now has to play, let's let's clean up this mess that I didn't even know was an but, issue. But I could also see Mike McCarthy being the type of coach who's like, no, speculation. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not speculating. I'm saying I could see him being this. I'm not saying, oh, this is probably what happened. I could see him being the type of coach saying, no, like, Y'all focus on the football game. Part of the head coach's job is cleaning up messes, and I'm going to try to clean this mess up, and I don't need, you know, like, 
I don't need you talking to the media anymore because we're going to have to do, you know, like clearly you can't keep your foot out of your mouth. You know what I mean? I could see that being the case too. So we don't, what I'm saying is we don't know. We don't know. Okay. No, of course we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. There's there's no reason to say that the whole team is burning down based on these comments. How can you not say that right now? Because you had Xavier Woods. I know that I've been very critical of Xavier Woods, but Xavier Woods, even before all this has come out and said that not, not every player plays a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time in a game. And that's that's that is a formula for a mediocre at oh, best team. Oh, dude. The, the And now you got definitely, this. It's definitely burning down, but it's not because of the comments. It's because of the the what's happening on the field. That's what I'm saying. Is that's the more pressing concern is that they are consistently outperforming how bad they were the week previous in a bad way. Yes, that's what. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Under, underperforming. Yeah, underperforming. But like, see, okay. like I thought it couldn't get any worse. Before we get to the, before we get to what's on the field, I just, I still want to say that whether whether it is one of those things that a player was like, I can't believe I just said that. Don't put my name behind it. But I don't think that's the case because I think that if it was the case, as soon as this got blown up, and this is just something that if it was me, because mm-hmm. I have been known to put my foot in my mouth constantly, we all have. Whoever is listening to this right now, you have put your foot in your mouth at some point in your life. Not and, me. I'm not that flexible. And that's one of those things that if a player were to come out and say, here's what was said. I didn't mean it this way. They just twisted it. But yet the player still has not come out and said anything of the sorts. So which makes me believe that someone said verbatim, this is Mike McCarthy's fault. He doesn't know what he's doing. You're this is the kind of player that is not going to take responsibility for themselves. We have another podcast that we do where I sit there and I talk about some stuff that I have done. And I talk about how it's my parents that set me up for, for that set me up for failure. But at the same time, I'm not trying to take some of the blame. I'm not trying to take the blame off of myself. Mm-hmm. In the end, this is my choice. In the end, this is the players on the field. Mike McCarthy may or may not know what he's doing with defense. He has never been a defense first kind of coach. Yeah. He never has been. So it would lead me to believe it would lead me to believe that Mike McCarthy is very much focusing on the uh, very much focusing on the offense first, trying to collectively win the game by outscoring teams rather than stopping them, which has been Mike McCarthy's mo this whole time. But a player coming out and saying that to the media. Mm-hmm. Is that is just something that is the perfect sign. As soon as players are saying things to the media that should not, that are normally kept behind closed doors, that's whenever you know that the entire system is breaking down. There's something wrong here. And it's a player not owning up for his mistakes either. He's trying to sit there and say, This isn't my fault. I'm not being coached right. He's not coaching me the right way. Buddy. It, like I get why you would say that, and if you felt that way, you should not have to apologize for that. But I mean, I just I don't I don't know what else to say because you have not done shit with your career, and Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl. So if you want to talk about if you want to talk about accolades, you would think that you would listen to someone who has who has a Super Bowl under their belt. That person might know a thing or two about winning whenever it whenever it comes time to win most. And instead, you're going to sit there and say, nope, it's his fault. It's not my fault. 
That's pretty much what you're saying. And to me, that's gutless. That's spineless. Whether or not he puts his name behind it is, is regardless. But the fact that you're willing to take none of the blame and put it all on the coaching staff, that's, it's, that's not the way that it is. This is a two-way street, my friend. Oh, yeah. You're underperforming. He's underperforming. It does not matter. You need to rise to the occasion. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you're, and, and this defense is not. Do you see some of those passes that they had? Oh, they're ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Like, wide the fuck open yeah. passes. This is the defense. This is a terrible defense. This is a, a, a an awful defense. I've been trying to be optimistic about this team. All optimism is out the window. And it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, they they are... At this point, it's hard to, it's hard to know what is worse if it's the scheme or if it's the players because the players, like especially in the secondary, the secondary is garbage. I can't say the whole defense is, is playing sorry, poorly yeah, because the because secondary, J- because Jalen Smith is actually leading the league in tackles right now. Uh, and, and, uh, 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 fucking what's the guy that they signed? Um, Alden Smith, right? Uh, no, what's, what's his name? Um, doesn't matter. It doesn't, uh, yeah. It does matter, but uh, I, I don't. I don't remember it, so I only remember everything that matters. And if I don't remember it, then it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, anyway, go on. Uh, so I, I mean, I can't say that the entire defense is playing poorly, but the secondary is the playing secondary is so badly, awfully that, like, that so bad that the front seven don't even have a chance to do anything because no team thinks that they need to run the ball on this secondary. You know, like, no, no, you're not going to run at Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch if you could just throw it at Xavier Woods when he's taking a, a playoff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because God forbid you have to be ready just in case. Yeah. Maybe it breaks down and there might be a pass. God forbid. God forbid. You might have to put in a little bit of effort whenever this was not a play that was coming your way. Like, right. God yeah. forbid. Oh, yeah. But that's what I'm saying is we, we can't say it's the whole secondary or the, the whole the whole defense. So <clears throat> maybe it's not the scheme. Maybe it is just the secondary is that bad, but maybe it's the scheme of the secondary and really bad players. Alden it's, Smith, yes. It's hard to tell because the players are so bad. Oh, I know. Because the play is so bad. Not, but I'm see, not going to say necessarily the players are so bad because they're they're consistently out of position to the point where it's like, okay, is this guy just never played football in his life or... Is the scheme not very good? Or is it a combination of both? I'm saying it's probably, for my money, it's most likely a combination of both. I'm not saying Michael Nolan is a terrible defensive coordinator. I'm not saying the secondary couldn't be decent somewhere else. I don't know. All I can go off of is what's in front of me, and what is in front of me is the secondary is so bad that they're making... The, they're making the Cowboys the laughing stock of the league. Well, but see, but you can't even sit there and say that the front seven is even playing any great because Antonio Gibson had a fucking day. He had a field day on him all not, all fucking afternoon long. 
Yeah, but when your linebackers are having to help out in coverage because your safeties can't cover anything, yeah, you're going to give up more running yards. N- yeah, no, I no, I get that. I get that. I'm just saying, like, it's just it's not even like that they can like the 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 front seven can drop back in coverage and then come in and do the job that they're supposed to do, which that's not their fault because they obviously have to play. But right, see, and then right. more, you're gonna you're gonna see more and more teams get better run games off of this defense because exactly. all they have to do is just pick apart that secondary just and gas you just a couple opens times. up the holes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I so I get it. Yeah. So it's if you want to talk about the product on the field itself, like it's it, and it obviously wasn't even just the defense on Sunday either. The offense looked terrible. And Andy Dalton did his best Tom Brady impersonation on the sidelines there. Did you see that? Like he was sitting there yelling at everyone, just sitting there saying whatever it was, but he was getting in their fucking faces. And now he doesn't remember it. And now, I know. I I'm telling you, that could have killed him. I know. That hit, dude. There needs to I be was fines be- and suspensions. I on was that. being facetious, which is the the correct use of that word. Yes, it is. Thank you. I so was much. being facetious, but yeah, it really it. That's the type of play that you look at the targeting call and you go, yeah, that's why that's a thing. That's why that's a thing. And I was reading today on uh, the score scoreboard app, the score app, that uh, it's it's likely that he's not going to be suspended. You don't think so? Why? No, that's that's what the, the what I was reading. One of the headlines. I don't remember. I'll have to see if I can dude, find Roger it. Roger Goodell, man, you got to get your shit together, dude. I know. Because at I least know. the at least the NCAA, as 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 ridiculous as this is, but it's erring on the side of caution where they have. If you get called for a targeting penalty, you're automatically ejected. That seems like a little bit too extreme for if me. If it's sustained, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if, they, if they review it, yeah. And then if, if they see it's targeting, then they they eject the player. And that's ex- that's like the other extreme, but at least that's the extreme that you want. Like, how do you not suspend that player for that? Like, there's super. there are super kicks in wrestling that if it catches them wrong in the chin, it'll decapitate them. And it was very reminiscent of that hit on Andy Dalton. Like, it, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sitting too close to the mic. You're fine. But I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just super heated about this just because if you want to if you want to uh, take this seriously, the head injuries and player personnel and stuff like that, then you've got to like like you've got to at least suspend mm-hmm. that guy. So uh, Alex Chippen of the score app reported that love the, wa- the score, <clears throat> the Washington football team linebacker John Bostic isn't expected to be suspended for the headshot that knocked Dallas Cowboys quarterback Andy Dalton out of week seven. A source told ESPN's Adam Schefter Bostic was. It just ejected Sunday following the hit. Dalton flew back to Dallas with his teammates, but had no memory of the play. Oh my gosh. That's, that's, that's so insane, bad. That's that is insane, so, man. so bad. And they, they, they're, they didn't go on to say why they didn't, why he doesn't look like he's well, going to face but that, a suspension. But, that, but that's unconfirmed so far. Like it seems like according that, to a uh, source that talked to Adam, to, I mean, Adam Schefter, Adam Schefter yes. and that's, that's pretty confirmed, but it's still not, I've seen crazier things happen before where oh, people yeah. are like, Oh yeah, well this is going to happen or no way this is going to happen. Oh, and I, then it I'm, does. Not, I'm not saying he's definitely not going to, I'm saying that's the report right now is that it's not likely. All right. So let's go ahead and talk <clears throat> about this then. What, what, what were you going to bring up? No, I'm sorry. What, go ahead. Do you have another thing to add? Uh, I was going to talk about the quarterback situation. Yeah, I was going to say like that's a good transition into who could okay. if if they even make a change at all. Like, is this season do you season, go, do you, do you season even worth salvaging? Salvaging? I'm sorry, I don't. I, I I'm so heated. Let me hold on. 
Go ahead, take over. Let me calm down for a second. Do you roll with Ben DiNucci, the seventh-round draft pick out of God knows where? I don't even know what state. You know, do you roll with that guy? Because that's... That's you. You struck lightning. You got you caught lightning in a bottle with getting Dak out of the fourth round. You know, and you before that you caught lightning in a bottle with Tony Romo out of I think the fifth or sixth round. I going with somebody out of the seventh round is pushing it, like really, really pushing it. Yeah, but sometimes whenever you have situations like this, that's whenever you find your franchise. Could be, yeah, but that's and the shitty thing. That's is, how you found Tony Romo. That's how you found Dak Prescott. That's I how the Patriots found Tom gonna, Brady. Right, but but those are three examples of what the last twenty years. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. But I mean, it, like you're you would be foolish to ignore that. No, yeah, I think you give him a shot, but I think you got to bring somebody in for a competition because as of right now, there is none. I think if you bring someone in for competition, there is no competition. Just because the only uh, the only um, the only other options that you have available would not be coming in here for competition. Maybe you can go out and get, I like, yeah, I don't know. I like Ryan a, Fitzpatrick. Maybe dude, see Ryan Fitzpatrick would be a good, would be a good choice. I, I just because it, but I, but once again, I think if you bring in Fitzpatrick, he's not coming in here to compete. Like, like if you go get Fitzpatrick, you're saying, this is our guy. This is our guy, and we're going with him going forward. What was the what's the quarterback's name for for, for Dallas? Ben DiNucci. All right, go ahead. Uh, I have a uh, a controversial. Nope, this is not controversial. This is the option that they need to do. This uh, is this is beyond football now. Okay, this is beyond football. This is the option that they need to choose. What, what choose? What needs to happen right now for the Dallas Cowboys? Not just for for PR. But for this player to get a second shot in the league and to maybe potentially salvage or halfway salvage this season, because we're we're also we're talking like the world's on fire, but the world's on fire for the entire NFC East. And if we can improve to being a seven and nine team, the 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 division is won. So but is it worth it, though? uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead and say the name. Colin Kaepernick. Fucking a right, Colin to, Kaepernick. You have to give him a shot at yes, least. Bring because, him in. Because even still, even still, like if you want to, if you want to look at his numbers, are they impressive? No. Not really towards the end. No, no. not not really. But <clears throat> that 12 and 4 season that he had back in 2013, he was a world beater. There was yeah. nobody. Like, like he played the Packers in the um uh not the wild card round, but what's the one after that? The um uh, divisional round? Yes. Yeah. He played them at Lambeau Field and it just torched them. Yeah. And, but uh, think about it this way Zeke, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, all of those would be the most potent options he had ever, he's ever had playing with him. So we don't know that he would have bad numbers. We don't know at all. Like, we don't know what's been going on with him, but I think now is the time to at least bring him in and let him give him a shot man he's give him a shot it. he's it's a it's a one year deal everybody involved would know that andy dalton like i'm sorry man that sucks but like you need to get healthy and then maybe maybe when you come back depending on on uh, what's going on like 
maybe that's your uh, your your competition. You know what I mean? And Colin Kaepernick right now has said he wants competition. He just wants an opportunity. Bring the dude in, give him an opportunity, let Andy Dalton get healthy and and let them compete for who's going to finish out the season. And I'm and I'm sorry, but this is this is once again, I can't stress this enough. This goes beyond football with everything that's going on in the world right now. Everyone, everyone, and if you are not one of these people, then I'm sorry, you are wrong. You are on the wrong side of history and you will be written down in history as a hateful person. But everyone is all about trying to right the wrongs that have been wronged before in the past. And Colin Kaepernick decided to stand up for what he believes regardless. And we were just talking about this beforehand. Like, you don't want to put your name behind something because Jerry Jones will have you blacklisted in the NFL. Colin Kaepernick knew that this was going to happen. And he still decided to do what he needed to do, what he thought was right, got himself blacklisted, and has not played an NFL game in years. So the problem here is, is that you might not be able, or you can't really make a good, solid football argument saying that he's ready to go because he hasn't played in years. But if he he at least deserves that chance because he has shown that he can be great and also this is going to look good on the Dallas Cowboys organization and it's going to look good on Jerry Jones because in the end it's all about the almighty dollar and you you know that Colin Kaepernick Dallas Cowboys jerseys are going to be at an all-time high if this happens so Jerry Jones is going to be happy uh the the NFL is going to be happy with this the market is going to be happy with this and uh, and it's going to be your chance to show that we believe in the message that you are trying to send whenever you need to have reform and equality and if you do not support that like I I am so sorry but I don't want you listening to this podcast just because you you are the kind of person that is quickly going to be forgotten and written down in the history books as how can you be forgotten and written down in the history books that's the only problem i have you, you just no, said no, you'd no, be no, forgotten no 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 i'm not talking about no 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 okay listen you will be you will be one of those people that are just like all, like you could already argue that the people the like that are like they they are already forgotten because it's like your opinion like really just quite frankly does not even matter just because it like like you do not have a good argument against something there, like this. There really isn't. There is absolutely nothing to lose in this situation. Everything to gain. Everything to gain. Everything to gain. Everything to gain. Even even if he comes out and is even worse than Ben DiNucci, guess what? You get credit for trying. And you can put the whole Colin Kaepernick should be in the NFL thing to bed. Yes. So it's just a it, and and see like it. I I cannot think of a bad reason. The only bad reason, and I just said this a second ago, but the only bad reason that you can think of is that he hasn't played in the NFL in years. Right. But I mean, Ben DiNucci's never played in the NFL. I, I know. I know. And so it's just you've got it. Like you. Uh, so the question here is. Is it really worth going out and gets getting someone for a excuse me for a season that just really is not worth taking a gamble on? Someone who started a Super Bowl 
in the past decade. No, I understand that. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not even talking about going out and getting like like the whole Colin Kaepernick thing is gone. I'm oh, just, just talking about just, just going anyone. out and trying just to salvage anyone. this season. Is it even worth it right now? Or do you just play for a shitty hand and maybe maybe get a top 5 draft pick? <laughs> I think as a PR standpoint, you have to go get Kaepernick. Yeah, you have to. Like it's like once again, like we started this saying that this is beyond football. And it is now. It is. This whole year, not just football season, 2020, everything now is just out the window. And anything is worth giving a shot here. Colin, Colin seeing and in it, like seeing a Colin Kaepernick Cowboys jersey would be the most 2020 football thing I can think of. Well, and see, I like <clears throat> I just said that. Uh, oh, okay. I I full disclosure, I went upstairs to get a lime. He my did. Club he, I'm sorry. No, I I just said that the uh, a Colin Kaepernick Dallas Cowboys jersey will be the top selling jersey oh, in the NFL. Oh yeah, I think so. But you know who gets that money? <clears throat> Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Jerry Jones. Like I'm telling you, well, this Cap, is a business I think, decision. I think here. Cap would get some of it, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, no. Of course. Of course he would. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. It's <clears throat> I, it's not like it's all going to Jerry Jones, but. I just don't see how you don't see the opportunity and the and the value of that. You can you can make the argument that from a football stance it makes sense. No, you can't. Oh, yeah. Okay, you can make. I'm sorry. I thought you were about to play devil's advocate. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can make the argument that from a football stance it makes sense because you literally have nothing to lose. Nothing. So it, it can't get any so, worse. So it makes sense there. Uh, you can make. <clears throat> You can make the argument that from a business standpoint, it makes sense because, like you pointed out, jersey sales would go crazy because nobody would think that that Kaepernick would be competing with Dak next year. Nobody. Kaepernick would not be a Dallas Cowboy next season. But it gives him the chance to go sign with someone that needs a quarterback. Exactly. So why not? Why not? Yeah. And, hmm? and that's and give me one good that's reason what why you should. That's what I'm saying is it, it makes football sense because you've got nothing else to lose. It makes business sense because you're going to make a boatload of money on jersey sales and you're going to get great PR Fuck. for the next like decade. Fuck, I might go buy a Kaepernick Cow- Cowboys <clears throat> jersey. Like uh, like yeah. seriously, yeah. five years ago, I think that I, you. I'm I'm sorry, dude. I go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it it, it. it makes moral sense because if you want this in this whole season has been about preaching about equality and, and talking about all this stuff. The best message you can send as a franchise to say that you support this is to go get the guy who got blackballed for pointing it out. Are you going to practice what you preach? Exactly. Five years ago, I think that you can make the argument that you don't sign Kaepernick because it's it's a distraction. And I would agree with you 100% because five years ago, <clears throat> we were not ready to have conversations like this. Right. We weren't. But times have changed. Yeah, now it's like, uh, now man, it's I like, want the distraction. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Bring him in, Jerry Jones. Anyone who 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 agrees with what we're saying right now, please find a way to get this to Jerry Jones because, like, we like this. I, <laughs> don't happen. you roll your eyes. It I am dead serious. Like, like I'm telling you. Like the only reason why I'm so passionate about this is because the, once again, this go. I I say once again a lot. This goes beyond football. Yeah. This is this is far beyond football and this is far beyond money and PR stents and 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 all that. This is about what is right 
and what needs to be done. The like everyone wants to say like, well, look at Colin Kaepernick's numbers. That's why he doesn't play in the NFL. No, that's not it at all. Because the reason why is because yeah. he was a distraction. And Jameis he, Winston is still playing in the NFL. Come on, what else you got, dude? <laughs> fucking uh, 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 Teddy Bridgewater is still playing He's in the NFL starting. right now. He is. I know. How do you have someone that mediocre? still playing, and yet Colin Kaepernick is still on the sidelines. The reason why is because he has been blackballed. You want to talk about... Or blacklisted, I'm sorry. You want to talk about distra- distractions and and all this, whatever. Cam Newton got a shot with the Patriots. You want to talk about somebody who's a distraction? That dude's a distraction. So much of a distraction. You want to talk about somebody man. whose numbers aren't there on the field anymore? They're Cam not, Newton. Cam Newton's numbers are not there on the field anymore. He's still on the team. It makes zero sense now for the the Colin Kaepernick is a distraction narrative. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. Especially in 2020, everything's a distraction. There's there's no reason if your if your season is in the shitter like the Cowboys is and your quarterback position is wide open but is closing next year like the Cowboys quarterback situation is go get the dude, let him try out, let him use your team as a season long tryout for some other team and do the right thing, man. Yes. Like, yes. Like I, I could, I can point out that it makes business sense. That it we makes think, football okay, sense. okay, okay. This is, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the moral thing. The to moral do. thing. I wouldn't say it's the right thing. Just with us, with you and me, because this is very good. Yeah. Um, with um, I'm sorry, I derailed myself. <laughs> Between you and me, we think it's the right decision. Yes. Not everyone is going to think that. But 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 they think yeah. that they think that for football reasons. Right. But if you're if you're preaching about racial equality and racial injustice, then you have to back it up. It is morally you are morally obligated to go yes. get this guy now. Yes. Because, that is where it's the you, right decision because you have been pushing this message for this entire season now you have the opportunity to show that it's not just a message to get people off your back time to nut up or shut up like we got to make like like you've got to do it you have to you have to pull this trigger whether it's right football wise or not is at at this point is immaterial regardless regardless yeah. of of that like that argument does not hold water because we have we have this big old bowl here that's just full that you've got to you cannot ignore the biggest elephant in the room is right here and you have to address it jerry jones are you really going to kneel with your players lock arms during the anthem and show that you you have changed in the way that you see things and go get this guy, or are you just gonna do it for show and not really do a damn thing about it? Because at, at this point, if you don't go get Colin Kaepernick, then I just think you're a fucking phony. I just think you're just as fake as the rest of them. You're your typical white guy. I'm, I don't mean for this to be political or whatever, but I think you're typical. You're your typical white guy that's gonna do just enough to make sure that you keep getting the black people's money but not really do anything to help out the black population. Like, this is your chance to do all of that in one fell swoop. Yeah. How, how am I sitting here with less than two grand in the bank, and I can see what a big fucking money move that this would be? 
and you're this billionaire that wants to become even more richer like like if you want to be selfish and you want to be cutthroat this is your moment jerry jones but yet you can come off as being this humanitarian and you can go down as this humanitarian you need to do it this is going to save your image you know what i just thought about go ahead he's not the gm anymore stephen jones is but yeah. you know right but you know right but you don't think jerry jones wouldn't go to stephen jones and say hey Go get this guy. This is going to look good for the organization. And Steven won't do it. Do you think Steven's going to look at his dad and say, fuck off, I'm making the choices here, dad? No, but I don't think I don't think uh, Jerry Jones is going to do that in this situation. In any other situation, I think Jerry Jones is pulling the strings and saying, hey, go get that guy. Like, it's the right move. Like, you need to do this. I think in this situation, you know they've had this conversation. You know they've had this conversation. Of course. I mean, they'd be foolish if they didn't. So I think the fact that he's not signed. It's only Monday, though. I know it's only Monday. But shit, if I was there needs if to I was be Stephen Jones, coming out. If I was Stephen Jones, I'd be on the phone before the game was over. Yeah. You know? So <clears throat> I think I think the fact that it's we're not seeing any kind of reports, anything that concerns me, it does anything linked. I think it's uh, it's Jerry's like, you know what? Hey, Stephen, this is your call. I mean, that's so smart of him. That's so smart of Jerry Jones, because now if they get a bunch of ridicule, he can just throw his son under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about you don't think he wouldn't do that. You You don't think you don't think he wouldn't. You don't think he wouldn't do that. Oh, he he absolutely would. Absolutely would. Yeah. Dude, I'm I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make this political, but like once again, this is beyond football here. Yeah, this yeah, is one really of those is. choices that like you need to do what is morally right. You need to give that man a shot. Go fucking sign him. Go fucking do it. Like yeah, if you if you're seriously considering trading to get Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I don't think they are either, because those reports would be coming out too. Probably. Maybe they know that Andy Dalton no, will be re- fine. No reports are coming out though. Maybe maybe they know that Andy Dalton's fine. Like he he took that hit, but maybe they know that he'll be ready to go next week. Even if that's the case though, even if that's the case though, you still don't have anything to lose. Nothing. I mean, it was like whenever the Packers signed Vince Young. I I, I I'm a Packer fan. I can't help it. I know. But I can as you can tell over the last. 15 20 minutes i can get just as excited over the cowboys as i can as as i can the packers but it was like whenever the packers signed vince young they did it in order to prepare for colin kaepernick because the 49ers were their season opener because they just got knocked out of the playoffs the year before from the 49ers and colin kaepernick rushed for like 233 yards and like four touchdowns against him yeah and so they they brought in a mobile quarterback to prepare for kaepernick and they cut vince young before the season started because obviously you knew that vince young but they should have kept him because that was the same year that aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone anyway i digress they st- if vince young can still get starting jobs or not starting but can still get jobs in the nfl get a call why why not Colin Kaepernick? Why not? As you stated before, he has started in a Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Like it's just like that right there, his numbers aside, 
He has the experience, the veteran leadership. He's the kind of guy that you want to bring into this locker room. He can lead them. You don't think that players will sit there and follow that man yeah. into anything? I think, I think that's the one legitimate argument against bringing him in is he might be too good of a leader. And by the time Dak <laughs> comes back, it's not his locker room anymore. <sighs> but see, but I think Colin Kaepernick <clears throat> is such a leader that he knows you know, I think he knows that this is not his team. Yeah. This is one of those moments that he can get up in front of the team and say, I honestly do believe that Colin Kaepernick has the character and the respect for Dak Prescott yeah. and the wherewithal to sit there and stand up in front of this team and be like, I'm here for like, this is my tryout here, but this is not my team going forward. This is my team now. But I'm just getting y'all ready for whenever Dak Prescott gets back. I'm not here to take anything away from Dak. Yeah. And I don't want you to think that I'm here to take his job. Yeah. Because I know that y'all respect him as a leader. I respect him as a leader. I'm still Colin Kaepernick at this point. But one thing I do need from you all is to trust me in this season. Let me be that leader now. Mm -hmm. Let me <clears throat> take control Put me at the helm. Get on my back. Things are not good right now. I'm going to make them better. Yeah. Y'all follow me, and thing and good things are going to happen. And regardless whether or not good things are going to happen whenever it comes to records and playoff wins and statistics, one thing that will happen is, is that a good, nay, a great thing will happen for the Dallas Cowboys organization. They will go down in the annals of history Anals? Yes, the anals. Annals. Nope. Anals of history. Okay. <laughs> it's the it's the buttholes of history. Yes. They will go down in the annals of history as the team that gave this civil the rights activist his chance to really go out and show that his message is not just message-based, that he can still go out and produce. They would... To put it more succinctly, they would go down as the team that righted the single biggest wrong in modern NFL history. Fucking A right, dude. Like, I'm sorry. If you don't support that, then I don't want you supporting this podcast. Like, I like I like it's just that's like that's just the way that it is. And it, like, this is such a huge moment. This would be history in the making, not football history, just history. This would be history yeah. in the making. Yeah. And selfishly, I would love to be a part of that. And. Not even selfishly, like this is just like this is something that does not affect me at all. This is not something that affects you at all either. We're both white men. This you is could this, ruin my Sunday if they don't do it. This is, <laughs> but see, but that's the worst it can get for you. It can only get better for anyone else who true truly supports Colin Kaepernick <clears throat> and has been a victim of police injustice and police brutality and racial injustice in this country. Yeah. This is one of those things where the NFL black lives matter hashtag and racism. That's on every fucking end zone. Say their name on the back of everyone's Dude. helmet. Are you going to, are you going to fucking do it? Or are you going to fucking just sit there and just say, well, it's a fun little marketing tool, but we we're, we're really not going to practice any of what we preach. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick, you stay over there. Thanks for getting this going, but we'll take it from here. I think I think the real biggest issue is that it would I I think Jerry Jones or the Jones family might think that signing Kaepernick would make them seem weak on this issue. 
Oh, how? How? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm heated right now. <laughs> I'm not saying. Uh, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying if I were a 78 year old billionaire, I don't even know how old he's. How old is he? Like, I don't know how old Jerry Jones is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I could throw any number out. Old as fuck. Eleven. I'll get a text message from JR right now. He's gonna. He's like while he's listening to this episode right now, he's gonna text me and say Jerry Jones is eighty-seven and six months old. He's, <laughs> he's eleven d twelve. <laughs> His age is huge. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. Anyway. I, I I think that that's just the way that he thinks is that right or wrong what he said if he goes back on it too far that then he's viewed as weak and he doesn't he doesn't get credit right what Jerry Jones is seventy eight dude nice 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 noise <laughs> I'm sorry go on anyway I thought dude the way your face lit up I was like did they sign him oh oh no oh man that'd have been great. Uh. Oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I, if if I were raised in that era and I had that much money for this long, I can't help but think that I would be so arrogant to think that, you know, the stance that I originally took, I can backtrack it a little bit, like kneel with my players once. Right. Yeah, you haven't seen him do it again. And no Cowboys players have kneeled. Right. That I know of. Right. Right. Uh, so, like, I got to think that he's still up there thinking, thinking, like, yeah, I kneeled. I got the heat off me, but I still don't want that. <sighs> yeah. And and if I bring that in now, all these Trump voting Cowboys fans, because let's be honest, there's a lot of them. Yeah. They're. they're it's a song, are, people. Calm down. It's the, a song. Calm down. Uh, huh? National anthem, all that stuff. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't catch that. Anyway, I'm slow tonight. <clears throat> slow like Andy Dalton. <laughs> that's a that's a like a foot speed reference. Yes, not a, not yes, a, not, not, hit, not yeah, not yeah. yeah he not got like, hit in the head, and now he's all dunthara kind of thing. No, I didn't mean. Wow, dunthara. <laughs> a George Lopez reference, really? In 2020. <laughs> Shit, George Lopez references in 2005 were not even good. I know, huh? <laughs> anyway, he's just a he's just a knockoff. Um, fuck. Yep. Yeah. All go. right. Go on. There you go. Uh, I I just I just think that's probably the way that he sees it. I don't think his actual stance has changed one bit. I think that he he went out, he did it, he got the the quote unquote good publicity. Yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, I agree. And I think that he's looking at it saying, like, yeah, okay, a lot of people would buy Colin Kaepernick Cowboys jerseys, but a lot of Cowboys fans would not want anything to do with it. And I'm, I, don't, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure aren't Donald Trump and Jerry Jones boys? I don't know. Who knows with Donald Trump I just, right now? Because he was boys with the Clintons. So, yeah, I mean, who knows what the truth I, I is just, here? I just assume if you're over 75 and you've got a billion dollars. If you're a straight white man, you're over 75, you, you're a billionaire, you know of each other at least. Yeah. 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 Like, you probably have your numbers in your flip phones. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 
And we all know how Donald Trump feels about Colin Kaepernick. Uh huh. So so. I'm I, and I'm I, if if that's you, I'm not gonna say don't listen to our podcast because you know we can we need all the listeners that we can get. But at a certain point, I will tell you to fuck off. But. Like so, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anybody's right or wrong for having their political stances that that they believe in, but that's what I could see happening is that that Jerry Jones is trying to appeal to the people who don't want that in the NFL. I could see that. I could see but Jerry Jones saying NFL. that that's an open market now. That since there are there are people from every team who are not happy with the stance that the entire NFL is taking, I think Jerry Jones is like, hey, if I don't bring this guy in that opens us up to be able to market to the people who don't want that in the NFL. Like we but can, that's, we a can dying, lose. that's a dying breed, man. I, so is Jerry Jones. I, I know, but see, what's but he got? A, what's he got? Three years left <laughs> of please, his life, please. <laughs> Yikes, dude. I'm just, I'm like, you know, yeah, what I know. Moment. Okay. It's, it's, it's it's a I'm not okay I'm gonna I'm gonna take that I'm gonna walk that back because it is a human life but the selfish cow human in quotation marks it is a, it is a life <laughs> the 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 selfish Cowboys fan side of me knows for a fact that the Cowboys are not gonna win a Super Bowl before Jerry Jones dies yeah yeah they're not I, I mean it's just a but see it's just still it's it would be a great moment if he's a more successful Al Davis if Stephen yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But people have been saying that for years, though. I know. Just win, baby. Um, but it would be a great moment if Stephen Jones would tell his dad to fuck off and sign him anyway. You just then, uh, you, like then you Stephen Jones. Then Stephen Jones would be the GM for the Giants. You next just year. you just took <laughs> yikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just you just like took all the wind out of my sails and deflated like you just you just Dude, deflated my balloon. I mean. That it's such I, a shame, man. I think it's wrong. I think it's so. Wrong, I know you do. But, I know you do. But I mean, do we have any evidence that Jerry Jones thinks otherwise? Here's the thing: is like anyone that's out there that says that times have changed and there's no reason to bitch about stuff like this and this whole race and racism thing is just a little horse shit. Just uh, Colin Kaepernick is like your perfect yeah, I don't example. Think I don't think you're paying attention. Uh, like. It is a dying breed, but that dying breed still has most of the money. I know. I know it does. I know it does. <laughs> and calls most of the shots. I know. So. I know. So it's just it's just such a shame. Um, but uh, go get Colin Kaepernick. There's that. But let's let's go ahead and get back on track a little bit, I guess. Something less controversial. And we'll talk about the Cowboys. Oh, no, no. I was going to go on to college football. Well, hold on. Real quick. Real okay. quick. So knowing what we know now, let's go ahead and go back to like the actual Dallas Cowboys. Anyone who is still listening to us, thank you. <laughs> thank you for bearing with us. Yeah, you've made it. You've made it through here and through all that. So now we've got Hooray! now we've got the Eagles. Loss. Coming up next week at Philadelphia. Loss. We got the Steelers. Loss. The Vikings. It, That's going to be like your first real big. It, it depends on what happens with quarterback. Right. Oh, no, of course. Of course. But it's just it, like it's so hard right now to say. Right. 
what's going to, and you know what, dude, like there's really no point in looking forward into the season just because we don't know who's going to be at quarterback. Right. There, We don't know what the defense is going to look like. I think everyone's job is safe. I don't think anyone's getting fired just because this whole season has just been a shit show now. Yeah. I think, I think in, in, uh, most sports situations, I think you have to be Dan Reeves in Atlanta bad to get fired in 2020. But let's be honest, that should have happened. Yes. Before the pandemic even happened. Two years ago. Yeah. Right. So. So it's just so hard to tell. Um, I've been very, I've been trying to be very optimistic whenever it comes to the Cowboys. I am no longer that way. Like nope. this, this, this is a lost season. And honestly, I think that if you're, unless your name was Prescott and you were wearing the, you, and you were wearing the number four, I don't think it would have mattered who was at quarterback on Sunday, just because that team quit. You could tell that whoever it was that leaked, that leaked that story about how Mike McCarthy doesn't know what he's doing to the press. You can tell that that affected the players. But uh, you could also make the argument that if Dak never gets hurt, then they beat the Cardinals and that never happens. Right. No, no, that's yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like, unless Dak Prescott was under center, I don't, I like with the exception of Dak Prescott, I'm sorry, with the exception of Dak Prescott, I don't think it mattered who was under center. Gotcha. That game was already a loss foregone conclusion and that's not on as Andy as, Dalton. as soon as it started with the safety i was like oh right yeah, as soon as i saw that too oh uh, here we go i was like oh jesus christ this is gonna be a long game and oh, it was boy i was at the, the you know what the worst part is i was like oh oh there's a worse part for me i was right, i on. was uh i was cooking and i was like oh the cowboys game should start soon and i pulled up my phone and i was like it's already to nothing <laughs> So I just put the phone yeah. down. <laughs> just put the phone down and started cooking. Yeah, it looked was over. And I was like, nine nothing. Great. Yeah. And then I looked back over and I was like, back to two nothing. Okay. And then oh, nine nothing again. Yeah. So Cowboys fans, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. We're we're gonna keep continuing to cover them. Um we hope that you're going to be with us throughout this crazy ride just because you've got to remember, you've got to remember Jimmy Johnson's first year as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. They only won one game. Yeah. I think I'm going to start trying to, uh, like include timestamps in the show notes. Just so like, if you are a Cowboys fan and you don't want to hear this shit anymore, just, you know, when we start talking Cowboys, you go, where is it? Just skip it. Just, just skip, skip to, it. Skip to college football. Nothing controversial happening there. But the, the entire Longhorns team stood out for the eyes of Texas. So did they moving, moving from, you know, the race issue in the NFL? We're going to the race issue in. Yeah. Move on to the race college issue football. in college football. Most, most prevalent at the University of Texas. <sighs> So this is this is all I'm gonna stop. This is all I'm gonna say, and this is I don't normally get this heated and say this is a fact, but this is a fact. Okay, if the University of Texas continues to compel players to stand out for the eyes of Texas. 
And at this point, I think if you just keep the Eyes of Texas as the fight song, you're going to start losing recruits and you're going to start missing out on top recruits again because unless you grew up singing this song and cheering for this team, you probably don't want to go to a school that has a, a song that some people say is racist. Some people say isn't. That's not important to what I'm saying. I do have an opinion, but that's not important to can what I'm walk, saying. Can you can you give us like a quick description on why it's racist? Because I can hear a lot of people being like, how is the eyes of Texas racist? It's, I've been working on the railroad. Why is it racist? <clears throat> Just like in two minutes. Uh, the overhead view is that in the in the late 1800s when they adopted it it was because of a well-known confederate booster for the university of texas wrote a letter saying that they should adopt a fight song based on uh an address that was given to some texas regiment about general lee coming and they said it was the the eyes of lee are upon you right which is the confederate general <clears throat> yeah, Robert E. Lee. Rob, yeah. Robert E. Lee. And they had took that and they adapted it to be the eyes of Texas, which in and of itself, you could make the argument isn't racist, fine, whatever. Fast forward into the early 1900s, I think the, around the 1930s, uh, there was a well-documented history of them, <clears throat> of the team doing, and at this time, they did not allow African-American players, obviously, it was the 1930s, <clears throat> I say obviously like like that's a moral thing. It just ever we all know the history, okay? But they uh I forget what it was called, but they they had um song nights where they would get together and they would sing that song, but they would do it in blackface. And not just like it was it was very very racially charged. And the lyrics of the song had the Confederate roots. And that's not something that it's something that's just now becoming popular knowledge, but it's not something that that Texas players haven't known. Like I listened to uh, a podcast called the Longhorn Blitz. And one of the one of the guys on there is a is a former Texas player named Rod Babers. And he said he didn't know it going in and he he heard about it and learned about it while he was there and it never set right with him. But he played in the early 2000s. What's he going to do? Right? So he, he followed the tradition. But right now, the athletic department is in a position where they have to choose between the future and tradition. And it's, it is like this because the generation that you're trying to recruit cares more about social justice than any other generation before, period, full stop. That's a fact. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many boomers on Twitter this week were like, you think people aren't going to come here for a song? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. If you don't think that, you've not talked to an 18-year-old in the past five years. It's just, it's the way that this generation thinks about things. You can agree with it or you can not, with it, not agree with it, but it's a fact that this song is going to end up costing top recruits unless they grew up cheering for the Longhorns their entire life like the number one overall recruit for 2021 um, um, Quinn Ewers, right? The quarterback for South Lake Carroll. Number one recruit in the country committed to Texas because he grew up cheering for Texas his entire life. 
I think that's the only reason you got him now. And is he black? No. Yeah. Okay. Not going to Carol. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Sorry, I just I what was his name? Uh Quinn Ewers. Okay. Quinn Ewers. Like yeah. I, like that's not exactly <clears throat> so that's why I just had to ask. Right. Uh it is it is a fact that the that the athletic department right now is in a position where they're going to have to choose between tradition and future. And if the boosters and fans don't want to sit and watch Texas go back off the deep end and start having actually losing records and not qualifying for bowl games, we're going to have to be okay with choosing future and getting rid of this song. It's just a song, people. It's just, it's just I, a song. I understand, I understand the tradition. I understand the tradition, too, but it's just a song. But it's A, it's just a song, and B, why is Texas... Why, why, like, we're the only team that, granted, it till you learn the roots of the song is kind of a cool tradition that, you know, we're the only team that the entire team stands out for the the fight songs and they all, you know, we all go to the certain end zone and throw mm -hmm. the horns up mm -hmm. and everybody sings the eyes of Texas together after every home game and it's cool, right? But then you learn the roots and it's not so cool anymore. And, and that's, that's how, that's how this this next uh, generation of recruits is thinking about it and they're looking at it and you're you said okay yeah we're not going to make everybody stand out you know for the the eyes of texas anymore we're not, we're not going to make you participate and then you lose to oklahoma and sam ellinger is the only one out there for the eyes of texas and now everybody's like oh whoa, whoa, up in arms like and then the next week Every single player is out there for the eyes of Texas. It is not a good look. It if it continues on its current trajectory, which is apparently people are going to be forced to participate again. Yeah, that's what the AD said this week. It is going to cost you recruits. Yeah. And you cannot bitch when it comes back to bite you. Well, and see, here's the thing. If you wait five years... And then say, okay, wait, no, we're just kidding. Like, uh, Damage like, no done. More. Oh, yeah, it's Damage. already too late. Damage done. You might as well have gotten the death penalty, man. You might not ever recover from that. You need to do it now. Now. Before someone, before society makes you do it. Definitely before next season. Fucking A, right. Definitely Dude. before next season. So, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying get rid of a fight song altogether, but... At the very least, and I'm talking bare minimum, don't force players to participate. Change the lyrics. I think you just get someone to write a new song. I think, yeah, I think you have to go new melody, everything. Yeah, I think you have to go new song. And you know what? That's going to be fine. Texas, you're going to be fine. Seriously, if they it's, change the song, <laughs> that's it's, not if, dude, and, the eyes. It's like the eyes of Texas is this weird thing. It's. You already have Hook'em. You already have Texas Fight. Like, really? Is the Eyes of Texas really that big of a thing that you want to hold on to it? You already have other catchphrases, other things that you cheer. Why not just turn those into a fight song and call it a day? The only reason why, the only argument that you can use that would, that would like, le like be legitimate to saying we need to keep this song is this is how we've always done it. And, and I, that's I not good enough. Yeah, I don't think that's, that holds water. That, no, it doesn't. Just because it's tradition. Like if that's your if that's your reason, if you're one of us, 
you'll take a bite, you know, kind of thing. Like it's mm-hmm. like if like, well, but we've always done it like this. It's tradition. Like, no, no, sorry. You've instantly lost the argument there. I understand that there is a lot of value in tradition and that's what makes things so prestigious and i get that but think think about it this way not even alabama has a tradition that's being called racist right now right if in alabama if you are being compared to alabama and you have your least you're you're the you're the more racist one than alabama have you have more traditions than alabama that would be considered racist Buddy. 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 Oh, buddy. So, so uh, it's just okay. Now that we got that out of the way. Yeah. Because one racist thing into another one. If you're still with us, now we're talking Big 12 football. And I'm sorry if that was a tough pill to swallow. I didn't say anything that was not correct. No, you don't have to. Yeah, you, you don't have to like it. But you have to understand, if you pick tradition and you think, no, we should play the Eyes of Texas. I even saw somebody post on Facebook that if the band doesn't, if the band didn't participate in the Eyes of Texas, that they should lose their scholarships. Dude, dude, get get out of here. Yeah, that's yeah, that's get awful. out of here. That's, that's awful. That's You're only so like dumb. like you have no you, like your argument is not based in reality. It's right. not. But the, here's the thing: you have to recognize, like if if the fans. As a whole, decide, and the fans and the boosters as a whole decide that's the route that you want to go. You have to understand it's like like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves with their contracts. You have to understand the ramifications, right. and if you're not going to like it and you're going to bitch about it, then don't make the decision to make that choice that you knew was going to lead to that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want to fall on that sword, if you really want to sit there and say, nope. The eyes of Texas is a part of Texas University, and we're we're gonna go down with that ship. Then, I'll respect that. Then I'll the, respect that. Like if you really eh, want to stand by, no. uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you really want to stand on your beliefs that much, just like Colin Kaepernick, like if you if you, okay, if you yeah. hold on, hold on hold I on. don't respect the belief, but I I, I respect the the sticking to your guns. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to stick to your guns that much where you want to sit there and say, nope, we're not changing it. We don't care what society says. This is a part of the University of Texas. And if it's kind of like me saying, if you don't support what I just said earlier, I don't want you listening to our podcast. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Texas. The only problem is... Yeah, now now you, you're not going to win another national championship until racism makes a big comeback. Yeah, unless... Yeah, I mean, you're going to be you're going to be the new SMU is what it is. Like, you're the new Pony Express. Yeah. And that's, I mean, if you want to do that, then that's fine. But just know that no one is going to go to your school. No one's going to want to come play football, basketball, lacrosse, fucking water polo, fucking ping pong. Like, none of it. Nobody wants is going to want to come to that school just because you are on the wrong side of history. You are. Eventually, like, there's so many schools that are going to be coming out, changing there's- things and whatever. And, and there's so much tradition that doesn't have that root in it. Right. So yeah, why, would, why would they go Especially there? at Texas. Especially at Texas. There's so much other tradition that has nothing to do with racism. Lean into that. Let go of eyes of Texas. Yeah. Like, th- dude. See, now it's, now it's an issue because you're making it an issue. You're the ones that sit there saying like, well, there was no problems before. Why is it a problem now? 
it's a problem now because it was it should have been a problem in the past. Yeah. But no one got ahead of it because at the time the racism was the norm. Right. Now that's no longer the case and you have to adapt or die. You have to adapt or die and if you don't you can't complain. You cannot complain because you're going to fall on that sword and then that's just going to be the end of your athletic program. Congratulations. Like you you were going down with that ship and you're just sinking and sinking and sinking and everyone else is going to just float on past you. I mean, it's it's if you want to get down to it like it is uh most conser- most of the people who are on a certain side are conservatives. Right. Those are the type of people who like to say, "Hey, when it comes to business, adapt or die. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yes, it is. When you're recruiting people. Yes, it is. It's the same thing when you're recruiting players. It's the same thing. Like, especially at Texas. You don't get to sit back and say, hey, we're Texas. You come to us. Not because, anymore. Because that doesn't mean shit for what the have past you, decade. Yeah, what have, what have you done that since 2005? That hasn't meant anything since Colt. McCoy got yeah, injured in the national title game. Right. 2010. 2010. Right. That hasn't meant anything since Colt McCoy got injured in the national title game. So that's a decade, man. Yeah. The people you're trying to recruit were eight. <laughs> eight. It's crazy, man. They don't care. No, they don't. Unless no, un- they don't. unless they started cheering for Texas before they were eight, they don't care. Right. Right. I mean, it'd be like if like the University of Oregon was trying to come recruit me for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the University of Oregon. It's like it's like in 2007 when Nick Saban took over. Yeah. Alabama was awful. awful. They were bad. Terrible. Bad for yeah. a long time. They but couldn't see, now they couldn't gotta... just sit there and go, "Hey, we're Alabama. Come to us. We've got all this tradition." I'm from Alabama. I'm from Alabama. <laughs> well, I mean, they couldn't just sit there and say, hey, we're Alabama. You know, Bear Bryant, come come, hang. Yeah. That's what Texas A&M does. That's what Texas A&M does, Longhorns fans. You want to be Texas A&M? No, change the damn song. Fucking A right, dude. So anyway, let's go ahead and get into like actual Big 12 football. Not so much, uh, not so much the... Uh, the racism part of it, it's just, I just wanted to tackle that right now just because the AD said that everyone had to be out there for the eyes of Texas. And if uh, if uh, if that's the case, then I really just wanted to talk about that real quick. But now we can get into the scores. So getting back into like the actual football part of things. Once again, <clears throat> if you guys have made it all the way to this point, then... Good on you. Especially if you disagree with us. Yeah, if you disagree with us, thank you so much. You should listen to our other podcasts, but that's neither here nor there. Yes. Um, so let's go ahead and get started into the actual Big 12 football games. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with... We're not going to like break them down like no. individually. No, like we're going to talk one, about yeah, the yeah, implications. Yeah, we can talk of, about them for sure. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's start with your team, buddy. All right, so Texas Tech and West Virginia. Getting that first Big 12 win. Dude, and it's not even just like a Big 12 win. It's only their second win of the season. Yeah, it is, but it's it's really honestly their, uh, their, their first ever like really close game that they've won. Because like, all games that they've won all year have either been blowout, blowouts one way or another. 
So, like, who knows? Like, Texas Tech is always one of those teams that is always there to kind of like Iowa State, just kind of like throw that wrench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They spoil it always, and you could you could say that they they spoiled West Virginia's party here because they were going into that game three and one and riding high, and Texas Tech was coming in and they uh, one and three, and yeah, Texas Tech got out to a big lead, gave it up. And then ended up holding on to it yeah. in the end. So, I mean, it's just Texas Tech looked like Texas Tech, quite frankly. It's just like you're going to you're gonna go out, you're going to be this high-power offense and not have a whole lot of defense to speak of. Mm-hmm. So, kind of made it seem like that right. West Virginia really was the West Virginia we <clears throat> thought that they were. Like, a 3-1 and one West Virginia team? Like, who the fuck is this? And yeah. Texas yeah. Tech comes out and goes, Mm-mm, I don't think so. The real test for Texas Tech will be next week against Oklahoma. Yeah, and here's the, here's the crazier thing. Uh, that was the highest scoring game in the Big 12. I know. Isn't that crazy? 34 to 27. Yeah, and that, that's not even that bad. Usually Big 12 games are like 56 to 48. Between Texas Tech and West Virginia? Yeah. 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 Uh, granted, Kansas State scored the most with 55 i guess but we they pivot. beat but they beat kansas yeah, i was about to say i guess we could pivot over there because that's going to take all of two seconds kansas state beat kansas there you go yeah as you should and kansas it's good to see that kansas is in the top or, i'm sorry it's good to see that kansas state is in the top 25 because wasn't kansas state the team that lost to florida gulf coast or was that no. iowa state that I- lost to florida gulf coast iowa state lost to arkansas state kansas state lost to uh, Louisiana, which uh, Florida Gulf Coast was one of the teams that you brought up a couple weeks ago. Uh, like because one of the Florida Gulf Coast, I was I was saying that uh, Arkansas State lost to um, um, Coastal Carolina, not Florida Gulf Coast. Okay, I'm sorry. I I saw that Florida Gulf Coast is in the top 25, so I wanted to like bring that up real so quick. So is so is Coastal Carolina. Are they okay? Okay, okay, good, 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 good. So it still is kind of relevant. So yeah. even that one loss does not even look like that. That's a loss that like they should have still beaten that team, but that team is better than we thought that they were going into the season. So yeah. The Big 12 might be beaten up on each other, but still, like the, the the games that they have lost before conference play, like those they, were still they teams look that old, have yes, they, yeah. In in hindsight, they don't look nearly as bad as they did. Yeah, right. Because so, that first week, it was like, who boy, the big one, the big one, the big. Well, okay, we'll get to that one in a second. Um, Oklahoma TCU, Oklahoma beat them, but pretty soundedly, but. But TCU held them to 33 points. I know. I know. And we talked about that last dude, week, too, dude. whenever it was it was I'm, Texas and Oklahoma. And, like, Oklahoma has to score a certain amount of points in order to beat people. <clears throat> and it's just yeah, 33 points is very uncharacteristic of Oklahoma. It's just TCU didn't have the benefit of horrible officiating in this game. And so they only scored 14 points. Okay. I mean, that's, that's really, I think that's really the biggest difference between Oklahoma TCU versus Texas TCU is that Oklahoma didn't have 280 yards of offense called back in the first quarter. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but TCU always plays well on defense. Yeah. They, I mean, I even mean, still, like, even that game. They always like, do. Yeah. yeah. 
So, so good good for TCU, but just yeah, they got to get that offense better. Yeah, maybe maybe if maybe if uh, Ladanian Tomlinson's kid was playing on the other side of the ball, his nephew. Or oh, it's his nephew. Yeah. Okay. If it, his nephew is playing on the other side of the ball, then maybe it'd be different. So um, maybe Texas and Baylor. Texas beat Baylor twenty-seven sixteen. Yeah. This the score is closer than that game actually was. Uh, a pick late uh, allowed Baylor to score another touchdown, and and uh, you know look like they might be able to make some noise, but. Uh, Texas controlled that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, in all honesty, as you, like as the you 20, should, the twenty-seven to sixteen should. score did not justify like how big of a blowout that game was. Yeah, and and, and first of all, it was twenty-seven to sixteen. It could have been thirty-four to sixteen because uh, at, at the very end, a Texas player was able to do what Todd Gurley wasn't able to do. He got the first down, and then he nice. stopped nice. and ran the clock out. Yeah. So, and then the big game was Oklahoma State and Iowa State. And we've been talking about at nauseum about how we are on the Iowa State bandwagon. Like, it's just they Iowa showed State. That the, they're it, the real deal, man. They, and even in a loss, it was 24 21 in a loss. Iowa State still looked good in that game. And, but, they, and they got down early and they didn't, like, in the past, the knock on Iowa State has been. You get you get them down by a couple touchdowns early, and you can control the game because now they offensively have to go out of their game plan because they have to try to score quicker than they're used to. Yeah, uh, they showed that that is not necessarily going to be the case this year. Granted, Oklahoma State isn't exactly lighting the world on fire on offense this year, but <laughs> defensively they're playing really well. It seems like that this was the first week in the Big Twelve where the everything we expected that would happen did. This was like the sanest week in the Big 12. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which easily makes for a lot of conversations for going into next week. Mm-hmm. Which is... Uh, I mean, no one's really playing anyone that's outside of their spectrum, like Oklahoma, Kansas State... Iowa State and Oklahoma, all or I'm sorry, Oklahoma State, all of those teams in the top 25, they all should win those games against Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas, and Texas. The one game that I see that really piques my interest the most is the Oklahoma State-Texas game. Yeah, because the if you look at the spread, Oklahoma State's only favored by three and a half points. And Tom Herman every year is good for at least one game he shouldn't win. You know? Yeah, but you can make the argument that Texas should have already been ranked going into this game in the first place. So this should have been that night game. Yeah. That it, game that college game day goes to and Yeah, and I think Lee I think Corso's putting on the helmet. I think that's what the spread shows. Sure. You know? Yeah, because uh, the the I mean, the betting line is is gonna be more of a uh, an unbiased opinion than you know any media outlet. So <clears throat> I think the I think that's a fairly good spread. I think it's going to be a close game um, because, like as you as you were saying, this very easily could have been Texas coming in undefeated as well. But it's not. I know it's not. Which is fine. I know like, it's, it's just not one of those things. But, but it's it's you know you're looking at Texas and like oh they have two losses they're unranked they're already you know out of contention but. 
the games that they lost were very, very close games. Right. Granted, granted, they won a very, very close game, too, but it, it's it. It's, I don't think you should t- count Texas out of that. That's the one out of the ones where you're like, oh, they should win. You know, the ranked the ranked team should win. That's the one where I'm going. I don't know. See, okay, so let's have. I some- don't know, and I I I I know that I'm biased. Let's so. let's pick it by times. So 12 p.m. We've got Kansas State, West Virginia, Kansas. Oh, t- Kansas, Kansas State. State. Yeah, we all we've also got Iowa State and Kansas at noon. Iowa State. Iowa State. At 3.30, this will be a fun game, TCU and Baylor. I know that there's not a lot on the line here because both teams only have won one game all year. But still, this was a rivalry five, seven, eight years ago that was poised to be like the rivalry in the Big 12. In in the first college football playoff, everybody was saying Baylor or TCU should have been been in the number four spot. And they should have. And they should have. It they should have been eight teams. It should have, but they but. put in. I they put in Ohio State over Baylor and TCU, and, and then Ohio, Ohio State, State won, won the national so. championship. So I mean, what can you do? But still, it would have been great to see one of them. So, out of Baylor TCU, who do you have? Without any kind of explanation or anything like that, who do you have? Baylor. Actually, I have TCU just because I think that their defense is going to be able to hold them. See. I think Baylor's defense was just as good as TCU's. I think so too, but I mean, it's just all that we have talked about all season long is how good TCU's defense is. Just because their offense is mediocre, mm-hmm. I still think that their defense is going to be good enough to hold Baylor and contain them, and I think that they'll get that but, win. But Baylor had the best defense in the Big 12 last year. That's last year. That's I not know, this year. I know that's last year, but <laughs> they didn't lose a whole lot of starters. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. So they didn't lose a whole lot of starters, and they got a defense. They got a national championship winning defensive coordinator as their head coach. I like them to make a big stride in defense in this next week and in offense because if you look at their performance against Texas, you could say, yeah, they got manhandled for most of the game, but they also. 10 days before the game had completely shut down their, uh, their facility because of COVID outbreaks. Yeah. I mean, so, that was the whole reason why that game was postponed. So they didn't even know like Friday before the game, they finally figured out who all was going to be available for the game. So you look at it in those eyes, like with look at it, knowing that it's like, okay, well, So we'll see. I mean, like, it's just it, like that. That's probably one of the most underrated games in the college football schedule next week of not just in the Big 12, but all over. So I think that yeah. that'd be a fun game to kind of talk about. So Oklahoma State and Texas at 4 p.m. Who do you have? <clears throat> I take Texas. Do, OK, like, do you really take Texas? Yes, yes. I really do take Texas. Um <clears throat> Tom Herman consistently has his guys ready to play as underdogs. This entire team believes that they are two two plays rolling the other way from being undefeated going into this game. Everybody's playing like everybody thinks that they're right on the cusp, at least on the team. Everybody's believing that they're right on the cusp. You want to talk about a defense has gotten better every week. Texas defense has gotten better every single week. Uh, 
I like Texas to shock people and 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 win this game. I think if it was in I think if it was in Austin, I'd be more inclined to agree with you, but because it's in Stillwater and Oklahoma State, it this is finally their chance. The Big 12 is late at their feet. They are 4-0. They they have their shot to really show the world that they're not Oklahoma's little brother, but they are. Not this year, so I I, I think that I think that they, I mean they've had that shot in the past. I know they have, and and they've shot themselves in the foot. I understand that, but I think that this year it's different. I think that Oklahoma State is really they really have the grit and the determination to really show the world. Yeah that this is their division if not for a long term or or even in the past at least this year this year this is their division and i think if it was in austin i i think that it would be a better game i think oklahoma state comes in and i think they dominate i think they win big i i think it's going to be a close game either way but okay i i, I hope i hope that I'm just, i don't that's just see, how i feel i don't i i don't see them winning big i know spencer sanders had a big day uh Big day for him against Iowa State. <laughs> against Iowa State, too. It's not like that he had a big day against fucking nobody. I know. I know. Yeah. But he's a junior, dude. This is his first big day. Uh, and that's fine. Again, he 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 shined the brightest I, on the biggest stage for that team. Yeah, but he hasn't proved that he can do it again. But he proved it against a team that... But he hasn't proved that he can do it Again, if he could prove it again, then it would be against a team like Texas, who has right. very much but, underperformed what they could do, right, or what they should have done all year long. I mean, you can make that argument, but also they're two plays away from being five and zero. So you can't, okay, but you, but can't, you, you can't. I, I know, I know, I know. All I'm saying is, don't overlook Texas because they're three and two right now. I'm not overlooking Texas because they're three and two. I but just said I, I think what that I'm I, saying I, is if until, it was in Austin, until, I think it would be different. But until Spencer Sanders proves that he can do, uh, can have a big game consistently two weeks in a row, mm-hmm. until he proves that, which this week would be his shot, I'm I I still think Texas beats him. And there's, there's and, and and don't get me wrong, what I'm saying is Texas beats Spencer Sanders, but Chuba Hubbard makes it a close game because that dude is hard to stop. He's he's hard to tackle. It's just every every year he's been lights out. He's been really, really good. So I think he's the reason why it's a close game. And that's why I said I think def- Texas's defense makes a big step forward. They've gotten better at tackling every week. That was the that was the issue early in the weeks, tackling and penalties. They've gotten better at those every week. So, I mean, you could just you could also make the argument that Texas really hasn't played a team to the caliber of Oklahoma State all season long. Yes, they played Oklahoma, they played TCU that's got this good defense, but really they've played Baylor, Texas Tech and UTEP. Okay. So, I mean, I'm I'm just saying like this will be Texas's first real chance at a test of a good team because I mean, they're 6 in the nation. I would say that Oklahoma is a good team. They don't have the best they defense are good, in the world. But they're not, but they're they not Oklahoma the best, State great. They don't have the best defense in the world, but it's also they they do have a really good offense every year, and it's a rivalry game. So if they're gonna get up to play great for one game, it's gonna be against Texas. So I think I think Oklahoma was the first real test. And they they lost. So 
but, but I, mean, I, think, I just I, just, I think in that situation, I think Oklahoma has more to prove playing Texas than Oklahoma State does. Okay, and, I, and, and you're definitely going to get Oklahoma's best shot if you're playing if you're Texas. Oh, hold, you're not necessarily going to get Oklahoma which, State's which, best which, shot. No, I think that you absolutely will because Texas has always been the standard bearer in the Big 12. I know that Oklahoma constantly gets a whole lot of recognition, especially lately, but history would say that Texas is more prestigious in the Big 12. So I think I think, that, I think, I think anytime it, you play Texas, even even still, regardless of what people believe, because there are people in Oklahoma that would argue the other. I think I think there's two teams in the Big 12 that uh, that hate Oklahoma more than Texas, and it's Texas and Oklahoma State. Yeah. So I don't so know. We'll, we'll see. I, I just think that that's going to be a good game, and then Texas Tech versus Oklahoma has the night game. I'm going to surprise you. I think that's a close game. Yeah, but who do you have though? Because they're but like Oklahoma is three and two, Texas Tech is two and three, and it, it, Texas Tech is always one of those teams that it just depends on which team is going to show up for the game. Yeah, because Texas Tech can beat anyone. I don't care what the team is. I don't care what the coach is. It does. It doesn't even matter if the team if the team that showed up against Texas shows up, they take that game. I think so too. I think if if that team shows up, they jump out to an early lead and and. Uh, Oklahoma just can't keep up. In the end, I think that uh, I think Oklahoma takes it. I do, I do too. But I think it's going to be a closer game. The spread is fourteen points. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be that large. No, large. I just think that. Uh, I think that. I think that. I think it's going to be closer than fourteen points. I say. I say it's uh, because because Texas Tech yeah. is riding off a huge win against West Virginia because yeah. they got like like we were saying before they got they they got out to a big lead it got the gap got closed it was twenty twenty at one point and then Texas Tech just pulled away and never looked back so they faced adversity this year they've already changed their starting quarterback and. Um, I, I just I just think that this team is ready to come out and put up a fight. I don't think that they'll put up a good enough fight, but I think it's going to be closer than 14 points. So if you're ta- yeah. if you if you're a betting man or if you're a betting woman, if you're a betting person, then I would say take Texas Tech in the points. Yeah, because uh, that's going to be a good game. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Big 12 is fun this year. Even though it's just it's all over the place and it's, it's messy, yeah. that's Big 12 football. Yeah. I I That's what, Texas football, baby. I think I think I think Oklahoma takes it. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Forty-five, forty-two. Mm. Okay, I think it's a high-scoring game. I think Texas Tech jumps out to an early lead, uh, but then Oklahoma, like, but then like, stumbles yeah. and yeah. Oklahoma catches up, and then they take a big lead in the second half, and then almost stumble and give it up to Texas Tech. I think Oklahoma wins thirty-eight to thirty-two. Okay. Just because those are random fucking numbers. Yeah, I was about that's, to say, how do you, I, I, I get 38, five touchdowns on a field goal. How do you get to 32? I don't know, but they'll find a way to do it because it's 2020 <laughs> and we're going to make it happen. So That would be... Oh man, Now I'm trying to figure out how to make that happen. What, a, what, a, what an episode this has been. So four, four touchdowns. Four touchdowns would be 28. And, and a field goal. A field goal. And one of the touchdowns. Was the, a two point conversion. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the way it's gonna be. That's the, I mean, is that so far fetched? No. Because by the time they're probably already trailing, they score that touchdown and then they go get the extra point. 
two point conversion. Yeah, they get the two point conversion. Onside kick. Onside kick and, and, and get, don't get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's 38-32. Mark my words, baby. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> what are you stealing my babies now? Pulp can move, baby. Dude, I like I like this prediction thing because we've been we've been only talking about like what's already happened. I like trying to pick the week 12 because it's just nuts it's so year. crazy right now like there's no way that you could even predict it so nuts this year maybe should, that'll should be keep, a thing should we keep track of it from now on yeah of course okay so i got texas you got oklahoma state we both got k-state we both got iowa state i got baylor you got tcu mm-hmm. we both got oklahoma mm-hmm. so and then the late game we should predict the scores like don't predict the, don't predict the scores on anything else but, but the late game but the late game so we can remember that i got 38 32 you said it was 45 42 okay cool uh but really the ones that are gonna prove me right are baylor and uh and texas <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll see we'll see so did we get any emails this week no all right, what's our email address? The, oh, yeah, God, wow. No, it's fine. It's fine. We can plug it in at the end. What's our Two email address? hours into it. The email address is drunkenquestions at gmail.com. If you have any emails, any complaints, any gripes, any wrong uh, takes on Colin Kaepernick or the Eyes of Texas, <laughs> you can send it in. We will listen to everything that everyone has to say, and we will digest it properly. Like, I know that I was... Very critical about those who disagree with me and stuff like that. Uh, but if you do disagree, please send us an email and we will we will read it and we will discuss it properly. And if you want to throw out Colin Kaepernick's numbers, like like those those are things that cannot be ignored. He has got very mediocre passing numbers. I'll I'll do you one better. If you email and uh, you say you want somebody to argue right for Colin Kaepernick or whatever. Or I'll, against. Or against. I'll let you pick who's the who's playing the devil's advocate. Oh, yeah. We're so good at that. Like we really can play the devil's advocate. Like if you give me a minute, I can just get in the mo I can get in the mood. Yeah. And uh and I'm just we'll just we'll just play it. And I won't do it satirical either. Like I'll yeah, I'll, I, just, I will be dead serious. Yeah, yeah. And I just like to argue. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Cause I win. He said I'd be a good litigator. I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I don't even know what a litigator is. My cousin Vinny. Two youths. The two what? Now, is it possible? The two defendants. He looks up at the judge. <laughs> What's our Twitter account? The Twitter. Yeah, there we go. The Twitters. Try not to make any more controversial arguments. <laughs> we don't have to get into it. But don't argue with people on on the drunken fan podcast account be more vigilant i mean i did okay i <laughs> i started it as backstory in case you're not following you should because what, what's the what's the handle you would have seen this it is drunken fan one the number one the number one drunken fan and the number one the or number you can one. just search for the drunken fan podcast okay go on the backstory here is I thought I was on my personal Twitter and uh, somebody was responding to Mark Cuban. Don't 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 get into the right. OK. And uh, and they were res- Mark Cuban. Yeah. 
and they were talking about conspiracy theories or whatever. And somebody who apparently is an American was like, oh, man, like, I forget how big conspiracy theories are in America because it's like not a thing. How did you know he was American? Because, well, okay, I'm using context clues. He says, I forget how big conspiracy oh, theories are. Okay, so, okay. So oh, they, they okay, pro- they, okay. If they were American, they probably weren't here. Like in America. Ah, okay, currently. okay. Anyway, okay, okay. Anyway, I'm not sorry. important. Then somebody responded with 9 11 being an inside job. And I didn't realize that I was on the drunken fan Twitter. And I just was like, arguing. And then I realized about three tweets in, I was like, uh oh, this is not my personal Twitter. <laughs> Yikes. Whatever, dude. Yeah, it's all right. Hey, you know what they say about publicity? Yeah. We need more of it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You spent, I think we're all spent. I think that uh, one of us is a high flying. Jet flying. Profiling. (laughs) Kiss stealing. Rolex wearing. Diamond ring wearing. We fucked this up. (laughs) Woo! We'll get it better next week. (laughs) 